Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Oz podcast. Uh, today I have a very, very special guest all the way from the great state of Michigan. My good buddy, good friend, Mr. Phil McLaughlin. What's up? How's it going, man? Going. So typically, um, whenever I have a guest on, especially one that the uh, listeners don't know at all, um, I think I might have put a couple posts up about it earlier last week, and maybe over the summer, about potentially having you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Who are you, I guess? Like, if you, could, uh, <laughs> if you could just start with us, you know, uh, who you are, who you are to me, uh, all the way up from, like, your childhood till when we met. Okay. So you want the full kit? The full, the full. I mean, we got time. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. So, yeah, you and I have known each other for ooh, getting close to 13 or 14 years, I think, something like that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, I'm from Michigan, from the great city of Ann Arbor. Go blue to anyone out there. That's right. Um, born and raised, technically I was born in Ypsilanti, but, you know, that's essentially the same town. Lived there uh, through elementary school, moved out to the suburbs of Detroit for middle school and high school. And then I went back to Ann Arbor, did my undergrad at the Great University of Michigan. Um, what am I doing now? Now I work in, uh, I work for a Midwest retail operation. Okay. In uh, merchandising and inventory control, uh, based out of Grand Rapids. And uh, yeah, came down to visit you. We haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, it's been the last time I saw you in the flesh would have been March of last year. I was year. living in Jersey. You were in Jersey. You came in with. Uh, Tony. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in yeah. March last year. So, what was it? Year, year before last. March 2018. Was it like 2018? Yeah. I thought it was 2000. Time flies. I think yeah. I made a 2017 trip you've as well. Come so, out, since I've moved to Grand Rapids, you've come out almost, I think, every single year. Yeah, I mean, so. any excuse to see good buddy. Like, you know, yeah. if I would make a trip home, I think that was the one trip where I didn't have, like, the entire family, and the sole purpose was to come see you. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, Usually we usually do uh, Laugh Fest out there. So Which is a lot of fun. For you came out, we saw Burt Kreischer out there. That, that's right. We did <laughs> see Burt Kreischer in a church. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I think, did we go to one other show maybe, like later that night when that one we was out? We did not that not the same night. The next day, we went to uh, Dr. Bob's, which is like kind of their club. Yeah. Um, it's really I, cool I'm spot. sorry, Dr. Grins. It's in the Bob. It's called, the club's called Dr. If you Grins. get a chance to go to the Bob in Grand Rapids, do it. Especially for our show. I, I, it's at the top floor there. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome time. Yep. Definitely had a good time. Uh, some comedians that I didn't know mm-hmm. who had you know, emerged on the national scene, you know, for as far as like television, major podcast or any yeah. m- media outlet. But they're really good. I mean, they really had a lot of a lot of talent. That's that club is pretty well known. Uh, Segura has mentioned it a couple of times. I saw Nikki Glazer there last year. Um, yeah, they that's that's a really well known club in, in West Michigan. So, <clears throat> so definitely know, check it out. I know a lot of people um, as far as backgrounds. You got like siblings or. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've got two brothers. I've got a brother who's 13 years older than me. I've got a sister who's six years older than me. And I've got a younger brother who's uh, just a year younger than me. Man, so they're all doing well, huh? All doing, doing great. Doing well. Yep. I'm the only one. They're all living in Ann Arbor, so I'm the only one outside of Ann Arbor right now. But, yeah. Yeah. Doing good. Nice, nice. So I know we're going to get into some Michigan football later in oh, Michigan boy. athletics. We have, we're, I could get heated. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to touch on that. Um, our opposing views of our current coach. It's crazy because the high school I graduated from and his high school we went to, like I wouldn't say there was much of like a crazy rivalry, but there definitely ended up being a mutual respect after yeah. Canton started playing pretty good football. Yeah, so 
to Oz's point, I went to Detroit Catholic Central. Um, I was not an athlete. I was actually a band kid, a proud band kid, I might, <laughs> I might add. But, yeah, we won three state titles while I was there. Um, yeah, they were the kind of team that, like, Canton would play, like, their regular schedule and then go to, like, their playoff whatever for their league and then end up, like, beating teams, like, 46-3, 45 45-0. And then we'd roll into Catholic Central and just get mollywhopped. Yeah, Catholic Central was a big defensive team, run the ball. I think we'd – we would pass it like once or twice a game. Like it was just run, 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 and run. And your fans travel. Well, yeah, it's a they, crazy alumni base. They, 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 they come. Yeah, in herds. Like I think there might have been almost equal, if not more, Catholic Central fans in the stadium than Canton. Yeah, it's got a deep, deep alumni, and like yeah, it's kind of like it's it's your school for life, so to speak. So nice, nice. So which talk, is ironic because I haven't been back there. Since, so talk to me a little bit about I um. I know, like you know, when people get in, get into schools and everything, like. I got to ask, what was like your passion? Would you want to go to school for? Would you end up graduating? Oh, good you know, question. Yeah. So I was um, a musician for most of my, my young adult life. So I played saxophone. As like I mentioned, I was in the band. Um, drum major as I, when I was in marching band in high school. But my big passion was, was saxophone, but spe- specifically classical saxophone. Oh, nice. Um, so not so much. Everyone associates cl- saxophone with jazz or, you know, That's whatever. That's smooth jazz. You mean, you yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not have the jazz sound, and I didn't have the jazz feel either. So you were not a young Kenny G. No, definitely not. Okay. So it's funny you bring him <laughs> in my community. He's, I mean, he's respected, but he's he's like a commercial. He's like a commercial musician. You want he's some like, elevator music? Yeah, that's the man. So through that whole process, I went to a lot of camps. Um, I did summer camps at University of Michigan. I also did summer camps at Interlochen, which is a a camp up in Blue Traverse Lake. City. Is that up in Blue Lake? I actually don't remember where Blue Lake is. I never went to Blue Lake. I think that's what that's west. That's um but, definitely far west. But Blue west. Lake is actually what American Pie, when they joke about band camp, is what they what they base that. So on. I worked up that way. Oh yeah, near Muskegon, mm-hmm. like past in a town called Montague, Michigan. It's past Muskegon. Muskegon's like the big town, and Muskegon is not a raging metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they got the lake flyer. They have the Lake Express over. So there. they had like a camp there that I worked at Camp Pendleton for two summers, and then Blue Lake is like the lake that is right there mm-hmm. so you have all like these a, different lake, lake michigan outlet yeah you have like a like a boy scout grounds there mm-hmm. and then you have us and then like several other private uh i guess spots along the lake yeah so it's pretty interesting like, oh dude american pie this is awesome yep um yeah i had a lot of fun doing that a lot That's of cool um high ropes instructor okay uh with a fear of uh heights <laughs> yeah is that did you beat is that you? That was me. Hmm. All right. I guess I'll get to the bottom of that here in a minute when I. No, definitely wasn't me. Huh. That's all right. All right. Whatever. Ignore that. Anyway. Ignored. Uh, getting getting back to what we were talking about. Um, some people already know my background. So it's funny how we met. If you don't mind telling that story. No, I don't mind. So, yeah, I was to finish the other part. Like, so I, I went to did a lot of music camps um, and eventually went to Michigan as a classical saxophone undergrad. So I got into their their studio there, um, practiced that for about two years. Uh, and if I'm being honest, I just kind of lost the motivation. I lost the passion for it and, and kind of took a break and, and wanted to see what else you know I, I could go into. And at the time, you were going to Eastern, I believe. Yep, yep. And uh, a couple friends of ours, uh, one of which worked at Hollister at the mall there in Briarwood. Yeah. 
I met you and then invited you over to a party and you brought another guy named Lance Clevenger. And the three, the three of us, like essentially from that time on, like I was talking to a friend about this recently. I was like, yeah, there was like a couple of years there where like the three of us hung out every single day. I mean, it was like every, like, if not like that afternoon, at least by like Friday night. Yeah. I feel like it was like our ritual, especially during football season. Yeah. Cause we were all working a lot too. We were all a lot like multiple jobs. And, <laughs> Cause I know I reached a point where I had like three jobs. Yeah. So like when I cut loose, it was like, let's, let's rage. Yep. So that was a lot of fun. Um, of course, young fellows would be young fellows. I think, what was the house that um, our buddy had that was like off of, was it Packard? 1007? No, not Packard. Um, you think about Picks? Not Picks, the place where Lance stayed. It was like down the street from like Rick's. What street Forest? is it? Forest? South Forest. Yes. Yeah. So I remember those days of just sitting there. And how I learned how to play guitar. Yeah, playing guitar on the porch. Or yep. aspirations of wanting to learn how to play guitar. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm half-ass decent now. Yep, yep. But that was – we were broke. Yep. So, like, yep. we couldn't go party, like, every day or every weekend. You know, we had to wait, you know, for what we earned. Singing the chicks as they walked by. Bro. <laughs> Pathetic. But also a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. We definitely sat, you know, sat around that porch and hung out I'm and listened to vinyl. And Who was it? It was like, lay your head oh, on my look. Pillow. Little Al Green. You were, for, for you were saying Al Green to everybody who walked Dude. by. <laughs> were you there the one night um, we went to, not Patches of Hula Hands, O'Connor's? Connor O'Neill's? Yes, Connor O'Neill's. And I had just gotten done golfing. I think you might have been with me and maybe Lance. You did, uh, you, you karaoke, give it to me, baby. Tore the house down. Yeah, it was nuts. I tore the house down. That was probably yeah. the best karaoke performance of my life. That was nuts. That was that was. Awesome. Killed it. And then I hit him with the, in case you forgot, I'm Rick James, motherfuckers. Yeah. And that was popular at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to cut my mic off, but it didn't matter. <laughs> I think by the end of it, I was actually, this is this is dating. Uh, I was wrapped in the mic cord. You were, because you were dancing. Because you kept spinning around. <laughs> yeah, so you got yourself wrapped up in the mic cord. But it didn't stop you. I mean, you no. Especially, I mean, how many deep you probably were at that point. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> We went hard to paint. Yeah. It was a good day. I think something like, I can't, I think there I. Was, there was something going, that was like a full day thing. I think I played, I want to say it was the, we showed up to watch the World Cup. That would make sense at Connors. Yeah. We had like a projectors and screens everywhere in there. It's an Irish pub and a lot of fun. That's a, lot a of great fun. place. I actually have family connections to that place. Really? Bare, like, I, I mean, I don't know them directly. It's but. one of the places that has stayed since I was in Ann Arbor. In Ipsy area. It's never changed the name, at least. I don't know about ownership. So what's cool about it, it had, the, as far as I'm aware, the, the ownership hasn't changed. But it's a, I mean, it's an Irish immigrant family, and they actually import their their staff. I was going to say, because uh, last St. Patrick's Day weekend, before I came up to visit you, when I had my buddy Tony with me, we went there, and they brought, like, a band in from, I believe, Canada, from, like, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And they tore it up. Yep. They were really good. They bring some awesome folk bands in there. They were like most times you go to performances like that and people are like, Oh, you know, buy my C D after you know, after the performance. After hearing like six songs, I was like, Do you guys have something we can have? And yeah. we, we bought them around you and like Spotify? We bought them around and they gave us music. Yeah. It was dope. Mixtapes basically. Bro, I, I and I listened to it all the way through, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I have to maybe figure out what the name of that band again and put it in the description for this video so you guys can check them out, but they're really good. If you must know anything, I'm a fan of music. Mm-hmm. So different genres, doesn't matter. Like, if it's good, it's good. 
Yeah, what did we just listen to this afternoon? We did we did like four um, or five different genres and like Bro, we listened <laughs> to like this song remix, like it was like a hip hop version of O Canada. Yep. Which was dope. And went into some country. It was Tyler Childers. Yep. Uh Tyler Childers Feathered Indians. Yep. And a couple other songs. But uh, you you have the mo- one of the most eclectic tastes of people I know. See, you're all over the place. Cultured. Yeah. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> Culture confirmed. Uh, it's definitely um, it's definitely interesting uh, growing up and watching all of us go through our phases. Because there was a point I was a wild child, bro. These guys are like, hey man, scale that shit back. <laughs> yeah, we had to hold you back a few times. That's for sure. I think um, uh, there's a lot of growing going on. One of the scenarios where I was in. Good time, Charlie's. Yeah, I know. I know exactly where this story is going. I'm gonna tell I, this story. I, I remember this whole story. And from, I'm gonna tell my recollection, and then you tell yours. Yep. And I think at this point, I wasn't even like wasted. I was just so upset by what happened, I couldn't contain myself. Mm-hmm. This you were you were back on leave because you you had you had been in the Air Force for like maybe four or five years. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be shorter than that. Maybe yeah, maybe like three. I don't know. I, it was early. Yeah. Because I mean, you still had the same staff and everything that was there. Yeah. And like, luckily, I, I knew like the bouncers and everything. But anyway. Chilling at the bar, getting me to order a drink. I might have been like my second drink. I was we weren't even there for that long. We like walked in. I might have still been ordering my first or second drink. And there was this dude who was at the bar or whatever. He, I think he was like from France or some part of Europe. He was French. I thought he was French Canadian. He was from Quebec. His English wasn't that great. He was from Quebec, I think. Quebec. But anyway, this dude obviously had a different agenda. He was uh he was gay. Easy. He was. Definitely gay. Um this was not a peck on the Cheek. Mm-hmm. My man, I turn, he like try to get my attention, and the next thing I know, he's he's kissing me on the, on the lips. And I came in after the fact. When that travels through your mind, now, and I, I've, I thought about it like over and over and over and over again over the years, there's a certain line where no matter what your, what your preference is, your sexual preference or your identity or whatever you identify with, where it's disrespect. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't, Without asking somebody or like confirming that they're engaging in this with you, mm-hmm. do that. And obviously, there was a culture, uh, a culture, cultural misunderstanding. Yeah. And I was about to fucking let freedom ring on this dude's head, mm-hmm. like for real. It's almost like that started like, a movement that's been going on. Recently. I was <laughs> cocked all the way back, ready that, to fucking separation of understanding. Ready to let him have it. I mean, over the years, obviously, I've been like, okay. I don't see how he came up with that notion. Mm-hmm. He was just going to take it. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck? But you have to understand, like, obviously, like, you can't just do whatever. Like, what he did was technically sexual assault. Yeah. And that's been going on for a long time. So, I mean, it's interesting you bring it up because that's, that's a, it's a unique perspective on, on kind of when people don't understand what, like, kind of what the Me Too movement is all about and saying, like, oh, like, this has been happening for a long time, but people aren't talking about it. And, and of course, I mean, there was no, there's no outlet for that. Right. I'm not playing like I'm not crying victim or anything, but I'm just saying like I'm luckily I, I have my good buddy here who saw what transpired over my shoulder. And before I could uh, I actually unload you, you coughed and then I actually grabbed I, like you were you were like going like that. And I actually stopped your fist. From, I think from I can't moving. remember like vaguely what you said. You're like, no, I just stopped it. And then you were you were livid. with. I me. was like, don't you ever fucking do that shit again. So livid. But why we knew the bouncer, this guy was named Y. Yeah. Huge uh, um, Native American. Yeah, individual, and, and he, we were good with him. We knew him. How many? Well. How much do you think he weighed? He had to be like all like four, almost four hundred pounds. He's probably. He was tall. 
He's a big guy. He carried it well. I'll put it that much. Yeah. He's big. He was definitely over 300. But him and I, yeah, him and I uh, kindly escorted you out of the I've never the seen a dude lift another. He lifted me up like a child. Yep. And walked me out. Like the arm underneath the legs. <laughs> yep. Calm down. It wasn't like yep. in an aggressive manner because he knew me for years. Yeah, he, he didn't like rough you up or anything. He just like, you're coming with me. Yeah. And, he's, and he, he, he was like, you. I saw what happened. Don't worry about the tab. Basically, like, you're good. Yeah. And I, he totally understood because I think he saw it transpire as well. That was a different Oz, that's for sure. That was a different time. We were, that was like was, 10 years ago. I was ago ready to whip point. some ass. Uh, <laughs> and I but, remember you were, because you, we were walking down South U at that point. And, and uh, yeah, you were, you were not, not very happy. I've changed. You have. Would I, would I still feel the same way given the circumstance? Probably. But I think I'm almost. I think I'd be more aware of my surroundings as, as well. You, you, my, you know, because I we see each other what like once or twice a year. Maybe. Yeah. What I've seen your growth has been, and you you've been like like honest about this for a long time with you like issues with anger and stuff like that. But like your amount of calm and like ability to kind of assess the situation and like kind of mind your mindfulness has like grown like tremendously since since the oh, old days de- but definitely kind of yeah. like to you like what you were saying though like we were all kind of going through stuff at that point like trying to figure out who we were i mean we're young young stupid kids and, yeah and and there's there's growing pains with that and and it's cool to see like where we are like can we kind of think about like well these post people are these memes like what were you like at the beginning of the decade and like like oh, yeah, you're man. not gonna be able like, to tell that shit. challenge from a picture yeah you're not gonna be able to tell that you might look picture, like he like, might look an outstanding citizen right yeah, you might be a fucking dirtbag. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't know what's going on up 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 top. So it's definitely yeah, it's been impressive to see. That was definitely one of the one of the experiences. Like I take with me, like dude, we could, like if I would have been with the wrong people, we would have thrashed that guy. Yeah, well, you and know got, me, I'm, I'm not a fighter. And gotten <laughs> gotten arrested. I was like, oh, we gotta get out. Like here. at the time, like I I outweighed Phil. I think I might have been like a buck, maybe a buck sixty by then. Yeah, you weren't small. Probably like a hundred and sixty I mean, pounds. That might be small to some people. That's but, small. That's yeah. small. Little hitters. That's like, that's like a little over how much I weigh. Little now. hitters, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I mean, at that point, I didn't care how big the guy was. Yeah, yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't back down. From even that. if we were gonna like, even if we were gonna lose, I felt like I needed to get my point across. And he thought it was just the fucking funniest shit ever. Obviously, either he did it. I think he was there with a group. He did it with the intention of like, obviously, I don't know, maybe thinking something that wasn't something. I don't know what was going through his head. Obviously, he had quite a bit to drink. Yeah, usually that that. Cause problems, but yeah. damn, dude, I was like, <laughs> I've never had some shit like that happen, and I've like, I've lived in places where the, I mean, the community is like, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and that's never happened. Never happened to me in Cali, hang out San Francisco, Sacramento. Never happened to me in Jersey, Philly, nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's happened, and I've been in like gay clubs with friends, hanging out, and that shit has never happened. That was like shocking to me. Like this dude just thought like, oh, I can just pray on this individual, and he's not gonna do shit. See, I don't know. Like, I, I never try. Especially recently, you don't try and get into someone else's head because you can never, you can never like read their mind or anything. And I would say, you know, and definitely like, I've never forgot it. It doesn't like bother me to like every like moment of my life, but I never mm-hmm. forgot that shit. I was like, that shit was wild. Just thanks for being there. Another Ann Arbor story. Remember Damon? Yeah. Yeah. So we met this dude for some reason. He was in town. I don't know if he had something he was doing with the university or business trip or whatever. He was from the UK. So I'm still. Fa- are you still Facebook friends with that guy? I never. I never put, added him on Facebook. I want to know what he does because his his life has like talk about the ten year challenge. Yeah. Like I like he's one of those people on Facebook that like you know I don't like talk to yeah. him at all. Like we we had like three nights of interactions. His life is nuts. 
Yeah. Like he is all across the world all the time, still partying. Like I don't know like what he does crazy. if it's legal, like, illegal, or what, what it is. Does but I'll tell you this: the dude basically was like, "You guys are gonna." He thought we were cool, like the three of us or four of us. Well, you guys it. brought it because it was for my birthday. It was for. We my had met him like. Because at the, the time, bar. I was working at uh, Ashley's Pub. Big shout out to Ashley's Pub for taking care of us all these years. Even after I don't work there, I go in there. Discount. I worked there for what, like three years? I don't remember. Two or three years. You worked there a while, yeah. And some shit happened, transpired. Somebody didn't pick up my shift, whatever. And they felt bad that they had let me go because it was what it was. If I, you know, if I was a little bit more mature at the time, none of that would have happened. And, and I also just was openly trusting people that were part-time employees to pick up some shifts, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But fast forward. Um Meet this guy at Ashley's after like a shift or whatever. And we're just up there. Like, it was like a ritual. Like, after work, my friends would show up. Because mm-hmm. when you give them 60% off of a table, no matter yeah. what, and their selection is probably one of the best in Ann Arbor. I think, yeah. Well, maybe they could maybe compete with Hopcat now, but. Like, at the time, like, it was the spot. Yeah. If you are a beer drinker, um, I know that their claim to fame, I don't know if it still is, but 100, 100 beers on tap. With a like a pretty decent size, like uh, what, maybe eighty bottle selection, different cool. types of beer you could try. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they did that I love when I was working there is any domestic they would hike up the price to like thirteen dollars a pint or something mm-hmm. like that. Like you weren't if you you could rack up like a two hundred dollar tab drinking the bat light. And the big call out here is that this was before this whole micro like, micro brew craze like, like, went across America. Yeah, this was this was like. Yeah, this was like mid to early two thousand like four, five, and six. Yeah, yeah. This was this was before. So a place like Ashley's was like all the way up to like two thousand eight. Yeah, because I remember walking in there like before and just chilling like, and they took care of me. Mm-hmm. They always have. I know the managers there, managers there, really well, and I think one of them's still there. Um, I don't remember her name though. But either way, this what happened. So we meet this guy, whatever. We end up hanging out with him, like the next night's through the weekend and he was an interesting fellow yeah so you got he was british right i think so i could never tell if he was british or like australian or new zealand he definitely had like the whole uk thing going for him the accent boss like he looked like a skinhead he was crazy ball head guy maybe like maybe like 35 36 constant energy i don't like it's probably cocaine i don't know (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I never saw him I do. Never saw him I never saw him do anything nefarious. He never went to the bathroom for long periods of time. Like <laughs> none of that. But either way, this guy, <laughs> this guy proceeded to just show us the time. He's like, "You guys are hanging with me tonight." Yeah, and that was my twenty-first birthday too. You pay for everything. Yeah, that was crazy. We we bar hopped every happening spot we went to in Ann Arbor. Yeah, we, did we, we enter the Heidelberg? I think. Yeah, I remember we worked because we worked State Street, and then we went. We were at ABC for a hot second. Did we hit South Hughes? No, we went the other way. Okay. We, yeah, we went towards Main Street. So we, we we hit it up. We hung out with the the older crowd that night. Yeah. And <laughs> as we're leaving one of the establishments to head down State Street further, we're crossing the street. This the guy I almost got in a fight with. Yes. Oh, this is the story you're telling. So. <laughs> yeah. The guy we're rolling with looks like an American skin. He's bald headed, white guy, mm-hmm. fit. You know, maybe like he he didn't have any tattoos or anything like markings or anything like that. Right. But we're crossing the street diagonally because I was thinking of the time. Diagonally. Um, just also, to, and so if people don't know, Ann Arbor is notorious for its jaywalking. Yeah. We we went the extra mile on that one. We we went all the way, people. We were like, fuck traffic. But there wasn't any, luckily. And we it was went. like one in the morning. Or something. We went across, right? Yeah. This dude 
coming against us, like traffic-wise, cutting across, starts talking crazy talk. Because at the time, I think we had like two Jewish kids with us, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yourself, you, me, and then Lance, I think. Lance, Damien. Maybe Garber? I'm not, I don't, yeah, it's, it was, it was a little my fuzzy. first birthday. <laughs> but we had a ball. It was like a group of us, like I remember, five or six of us. Yeah, I remember just the guy. I don't remember how it, like, how the interaction happened, but he, like, and I had plenty in me to not say this, but he saw you, and then he, like, whispered in my ear. He's like, I forget what the exact words were. He, I believe he said, respect your Aryan heritage. Yeah, he was like, he was like, respect your Aryan upbringing or something. And it just, I like, I wanted to get I didn't hear this shit. <laughs> so, Phil, at the time, I'd never seen him, like, rage out. Like, he might have got upset with somebody. But not to this point. He's like screaming, like beat red. Look at him, like red. Yeah. Scream like like that. Yeah. Screaming yeah. at this guy. He's ready to scrap. And this I dude turns around, and obviously acknowledges his uh, you know his words that Phil has to say to him. Starts going off. It gets to the point. He's not leaving the intersection. And at this point, the lights changing. I'm like, all right. I just picked this you motherfucker picked up, up. Yep. by the legs <laughs> and start walking across the street. And Phil's just literally. Fuck you, you fucking racist piece of shit. He's going off. I was like, I wasn't happy, man. That was like the one time I like saw him like fucking rage. But that was it, really. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you upset, but never like. Not a big fan of racist people. <laughs> Can't say that too many of us are. Well, it's, I mean, there is like kind of a weird. I mean, we can get into it. Shit, if we get, we can go down this rabbit hole, but the amount of like racist shit I've heard in my life, just being a white guy, you know, like you hear. There's this, like, because that guy clearly pegged me. He goes, oh, I can trust this guy for whatever reason. I don't and, know why. And he he did he not. He could have picked Damon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that might have been a better choice. The guy that looks like he, maybe a white supremacist. It yeah. was crazy. Um, uh, he, like, Damon, like, was like Nort, Edward Norton yeah. without the tattoos yeah, he looked, at the like, time. straight up looked like American History X. And it was crazy, but there was that. I'm trying to think of any other, like, fun stories. Fun. That I can tell. <laughs> that I can tell, Phil. <laughs> um, oh, he did the eyes. Um, let's see. What was another one? Golly. We made some per- – we- the trip to Indiana for the football game. That was awesome. It, first of all, when you're young and you're in college and you're thinking about, you know, making road trips or going to a football game or something in cold weather – I know you want to rush. I know you want to go ahead and, you know, just get to where you got to go, especially if it's like – because that was like a game day decision. Yeah. We, like, drove through the night. Yeah. We get yeah. to Bloomington, Indiana, home of the Hoosiers, to watch Michigan, put yeah. it on them. Just like this weekend, it's, it's – Indiana is usually one of the last games of the year before Ohio State, so it was cold as shit. Tell me why I don't pack my coat. So my logic, being from Michigan, was like, I don't need a fuck coat. Cause I'm gonna be tore up for the entire tailgate. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. It did not help you how were, cold it got. You were dying. I was freezing. Like I had to keep like some whiskey in my system. Yeah, that was that was that was not a fun time. I mean, the winning was fun, and the, and the Indiana Hoosiers Hoosier fans were like the best. The tailgate was legit. They are the coolest. They are. The I think we fans. did. We know anybody there? Well, we went down because so we were friends with all the people in the marching band, and the marching band always chose a game 
to like do a road trip. That's right. Where and, they, that was, yeah. and that was the game. So we went to, we were with the Michigan marching band tailgate basically. It was a lot of fun. It was like, it's like the only game of the year that they get to go, like they get to go crazy. They went hard in the paint. Yeah. Cause they, they don't, they, they're not marching and they're not working the entire day basically. They did. Like they had like an ice luge, the yeah. whole thing. Like ice luge. You, they don't do that typically in the South. Okay. It was so cold that the ice luge was the same at the beginning of the tailgate. Mm-hmm. As it was at the end. Yeah, that thing didn't melt. That's how cold it was. The only melting being done was any liquor that was. <laughs> and that was temporary. Yeah. Um. So that that was a lot of fun. That trip was a lot of fun. That was a good trip. Oh man. Just and just funny ass like just conversations. Good times. Mix up mix up with people just and just. Ten oh seven State was a lot of fun too. Yep. Ten oh seven State Street State and Hoover. If you don't know anything about that and you're going to go to Michigan for a game or whatever. Those tailgates, I still tell people about those tailgates. And you're young. There is, what was the name of the house? The Box House. Yep. Which I, from, I might be wrong about this, so people have to check me, but uh, they've become an actual, an actual frat. Because they threatened to put them off campus, right? No, no, no. So they'd always, they've been trying. This is, this is just like hearsay at this point, but they've been trying to get into the organization, but. What a lot of people like Michigan's fraternity system is like notoriously like hazing. It's, yeah, it's really rough. Um, and from like 2006 until I want to say even a couple years ago, a lot of frats got kicked off campus because they got like yeah. basically exposed for what they were doing. And then the I forget I don't know what the organization was called. Garber would have to tell us or something. But um, in that process, there were multiple like faux fraternities like <laughs> like Fox. <laughs> <laughs> that got to become like official fraternities, and, and as far as I'm aware, they have they've got a spot like on State Street now. Like in, Let me tell you something. These dudes were right across nuts. right across the street. So at one point we like parked at nine thirty four, which is right kitty kitty cor- corner. corner yep. So you just you can see how you can walk across. It's like mm-hmm. a two lane road walk across. So we just go back and forth and party or whatever. But this house, this box house, I remember one time. One of the guys we used to hang out with all the time, uh, Justin. Mm-hmm. I'll leave his last name out of it for this. Yeah. Huge music head, love music as well, and like just hanging around and everything. And uh, Jack. Mm-hmm. These guys decided to do like a front line. Yeah, we did the boogie. St- we did the straight up. So they, yeah, they there was a huge patio, huge concrete patio on the front yard. Head, for, yeah, yeah, front yard, and they set up. They brought their band out, and then they also took like lights from the second floor of the house down and they basically made a canopy. Um, and I want to say this was around like Halloween time too. Bro, it went on. We from... had that, we had that. And then we also got like a, a, a big bounce or a giant house. Or that's whatever, right. Whatever, like yeah. a moon, moon bounce. That's what they were. That's what I'm looking for. People were as they're passing by. Now, mind you, the party never stopped really. That the, whole block. I mean, it wasn't just us. It was from the night before. It was um, across the street. Cause you had the box house, you had the triangle house. You had all of these senior senior frat houses, and then you was, and then you had a pizza place that was on the corner. Bells. I think Bells. Yep. I don't think it's Bells anymore though. It's gone. It's Domino's now. Bells was off the chain. That was good. It's like, like four like in the morning. You could get dollar slice. Slice. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, mm. So good. good. Ready, ready made right there for you. Remember Mike Hart would go in there all the time, bro. Mr. Bell, <laughs> Mr. Bell. Let me tell you what. Two two times I remember it was like that season. All the guys we hung out with, all the chicks we hung out with. I remember looking from 934's porch at 1007 in the box house and that whole, like, block. All I know is, now this tells you how long ago this was. 
Soldier Boy's Crank That came on. I was just I was just thinking the same shit because I was remember I was working at Papa John's at the time. Yes. And I got I I didn't steal it. I borrowed. They had like a a mask. Oh, outfit. that's right. <laughs> like, it was a it was like a mask. It was a giant pizza outfit that we actually used in a student project, like a student film project. Yes. And yeah, the Soldier Boy was. This was two thousand seven. I want to say. And I remember, when they went to crank that, and I remember, and I'm like we like our nine thirty four. That was like because Liz was really into it, Kiki was really into it. Oh like, yeah, Bratterich, like like it was like our like our little house. Whole group. So then it was Kiki's birthday, and she was like hanging out with like with the house across the street, and I I pulled I remember I pulled that pizza thing out, and I and I like walked across the street, and someone put Soldier Boy on, and I did the Soldier Boy. Bro, in front of I'm me. watching from the porch across the street. <laughs> there were so many people on this porch of this old ass house. When they went to crank that, went to the right, you could see the foundation on this porch <laughs> sway to the right with them. And they went, I was like, this shit's going to collapse. There were so many people, the whole front lawn area, all like all the parking spots. That might have been the Ohio State game weekend. I don't remember. Either way, there was like no place to park around yeah, there. Whole, all the neighborhoods were yeah. taken. People would park down at the mall and sell their spots. Yep. And it was like, you know, catch the bus back down, sell the spots for like 100, 100 spots, maybe yep. even 200, depending on what game it was. Yep. He used that to pay some of the rent with. But this was crazy. You had constant beer pong going like on two different tables. You had people. I remember one night, like, homeboy uh, Ghost wrote, like, he, this dude was coming. I don't know if he was from the South or something, but he had like this old ass caddy on like 30 fucking some inch wheels. Ghost rode the whip. And he right? tried to ghost ride the whip through the intersection. Yep. And his <laughs> shit stalled. <laughs> we, were all, we were all cheering him on. I remember I made the the mistake. I mean, it's not in retrospect. It's not a big deal. But when I moved in, I moved in on like like a Friday evening. It was like seven or eight o'clock, and my mom helped me move in. And like, and like she pulled this? up. We pulled up in the van. I had my like you know all my so shit. just cans and shit. And, well, no, she, well, she just. I remember she like kind of got out and like looked across the street, looked down the street. And I mean, it was going. I mean, that that block was oh, yeah. always going, especially like and on a game like, on a game day weekend, like Friday night. Yeah. People would come back from the bars and the party would not stop. Nope. There might be like two hours. And during that two hours, people were like eating food, maybe take a nap. The music was still playing because somebody got too tore up to, t- to cut cut it off. It was bad. Noise complaints. It was bad. All types of stuff. And I do remember it was like a ritual. We'd get the keg the night before or order it and go pick, pick it up, bring it back. Bring it out of the basement or wherever we had it. Mm-hmm. Tap it like four thirty-five in the morning. Our guys would meet back up from wherever they were, and then we'd be ready. Especially because uh, there were a lot of noon kickoffs. This is before they installed the lighting in the press boxes. So like mm-hmm. any major game, ESPN, if they covered it, had to bring their lights in. Yeah, Michigan was lighting always trucks. historically a noon. It's always been a noon kickoff school. So. so that means for us to party and get any type of party it in there. It's got to start like yeah, start at six, seven, if you're being modest, but like, yeah, four in the morning. Yeah, most people are up by four. And you just awake. And then some, there were some games, like, we were the ones, like, waking up the rest of the street, too. Like, we'd, we'd kick it off. Like, we'd put the, the speakers out and, and play the music, man. And we also had, remember, we'd, like, there was, there was, like, a fake sponsorship with the Safe Sex Store. Yeah. Her Hummer on the, on the lawn, and, <laughs> and she'd give us a microphone or a, a megaphone. I'm sorry. We'd start screaming at, we'd scream through the megaphone. And then one time she took me, she took, like, drove me around, like, and I was just screaming go blue through the megaphone at people and just getting people, like, just uh, getting people hyped for the game. It was so much fun. The one, the one tailgate night I'll never forget, and I'm bringing this up. I know you probably don't want to talk about it, Phil. I don't like talking about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh-oh. 
I don't know which one you're bringing up. I'm gonna set I'm gonna set the mood for you. Typically, like I said, we're jumping all night. And Michigan fans, for this game, they just kind of like there was a lot of shit talk. We were number two in the country at the time, and we just talking all types of big shit. It was right after uh, Mike Hart said the little brother comment. I remember, like I said, we were always like just people like jumping, but I think because of the game, people were like, eh, you know, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. I'm gonna take it easy this night. Maybe just go to the bar or go home. But, you know, the box house, everything across the street, they were still jumping, but not like to the, how they normally were. Mm-hmm. They ended up, I'll never forget this, you were asleep on the couch because you're like, fuck this, I'm taking a nap, but I'm not going to like go to my bed or go home because we're going to get up in the morning anyway, like early. Mm-hmm. I made game day eggs, and you did the damn thing. But as eerie as shit, I remember it was like dark and almost like that eerie silence on the street when it's not supposed to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the box house is playing Celine Dion. One of her famous hits, I forget what it's called though, but it's like the, the song will go on or something. Yes, like from Titanic. From Titanic, you okay. can hear it playing like the night's ending or whatever for them, but you can hear it playing just loud as shit across the street, and no uh, nobody else is playing any music. Like it's odd. Mm-hmm. It was Appalachian State Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And woke up, did our thing. Like nobody's really taking it too serious. Like half-ass playing beer pong, whatever. It was just flat. Like the, the city was flat because we thought we were going to just beat the shit out of them. Well, because we had gone undefeated. We only lost to Ohio State and USC because that was the one versus two. Yeah. And ev- everybody came back because they wanted to beat Ohio State. I remember what was even like this is the most Michigan thing ever. Like talk about being like kind of pretentious and like arrogant. hot, 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 man. That hot, <laughs> hot, hot. Yeah. Like so for those of you who don't know, yep, Appalachian th- State, they had like a video out for that. They made for like to advertise a school a promo yeah. A promo. Mm-hmm. And it was like hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Appalachian State is hot, hot, hot. Yep. And that was like the loop yep. for the, the whole video. Yep. So people were just playing that in their, in their cars, yep. over the speaker system during like the tailgate parties. All like, to, like to taunt them basically. Like, oh, you're just this nothing school <laughs> from nowhere. And then, and then the boys came down from the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. And they ran <laughs> all over us. Yep. That block punt. Block kick. It was a block, was a block. Yep. Jason Jingel. I went to high school with him. It wasn't his fault. It was, I think it was Crable's fault. I think Crable missed his block on the, ah. on the left side. <laughs> Either way. But you should never be you should never be having the kick The student section was goal. in full cobra surrender. The surrender cobra was like well, I, what like, is going on? So it's funny, the story about that that I always think of, because my parents before that game, the the game that the like the game that every Michigan fan talked about. The game was, that NCAA football won't let go when they've beaten teams. SEC teams. Was it, this, no, the game I'm thinking of is, is 94 against Colorado. Oh, well, you're talking about uh, when it was Cordell well, Stewart? Yeah, Cordell Stewart. Oh, my the, God. The I forget what they used to call it, the Miracle in Michigan. I think they called yeah. it the Miracle in Michigan. Um, yeah, through a last second. And my, my parents were at that game, and they were like, they were like, my parents are not – I mean, they're big football fans. But it was but they Colorado. Were, they weren't like that. No, Colorado was good back then. Yeah. But I remember after that game ended – the weirdest thing about it was the stadium didn't empty. It was that's just, how that's how I felt. Yeah, like nobody left for like an hour. People were just sitting, sitting there, like, like in the total it? complete shock because they didn't know what just happened. I've only experienced games kind of like that before. Like the TV, the broadcast didn't show that, but like we were in, and I, we like there was like a non-smoking, but like we were smoking cigarettes. People were lighting up Dude. bowls. Like the people second, were so mad. The second worst loss I ever witnessed at Michigan Stadium that I was at personally. I'm not saying like you know total. Do you remember the Barber Brothers? They used to play Minnesota. For, yes. Yeah. Last second play. It was like an 80. Was it Marion Barber? 
I think so. It was like yeah. an eighty, like an eighty-yard run. Minnesota won in the last like seconds of the game. Yeah, because we left them open. So I remember I actually didn't see that. I had this. I and had, I was in their end zone watching was, them run the opposite direction. I was at the game, but I had to leave early because my cousin got married that day. And I remember hearing, I heard the crowd like go quiet because it was it was a close game. Minnesota always played us close when they had the. I don't know what it is about. Forget what that coach is. The coach he's on. He's like a Big Ten Big Ten Network analyst now. Um, but yeah, that was and that was the first time they beat us in like twenty years or something. It was it had been a while. So. College football wise, though, like other than other than that, I would find it hilarious that um, Michigan fans, I think, are, have taken almost a liking to Kirk Herbstreit. Maybe, like more than they would have, considering that he used to play for Ohio State. I don't know. It's changed over the years. There's, I mean, there's some crazy stories about how Ohio State fans treat Kirk Herbstreit. He had to move out of Columbus because he had so many death threats, and um, just because he wasn't. They, they didn't think that he supported Ohio State as much as they they were expecting, I guess. Um, but, yeah, he moved out of Columbus from all of the harassment. That they were throwing shit at him. He got death threats. Yep. So I think they moved down to Tennessee. It's literally the reason why when they do um, college game day, there's a net behind them when they go to Ohio State. So that's, that's actually from Michigan. So it was from 97 Michigan, Michigan State. Um, Michigan fans were throwing snowballs and like some of them were so hard they were like icy icy so it was actually Michigan fans that got, that started the net it wasn't Ohio oh State. my god but still like even like with a couple of that you're an analyst yeah you got to move out he's, of Columbus he's paid to be as impartial as possible I, th- I actually do respect Herb Street I I, I I enjoy like I think he is now he knows t- his, he knows the game like now you know who I can't stand oh boy here it comes Paul Feinbaum Everybody hates Paul Feinbaum, unless you're from the SEC. He is like, he'd be like, oh, yep, Vanderbilt, better team than Michigan. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey, calm down. But fam. I mean, so he's just doing that to push people's buttons. As long as you know what game he's playing, it's not, it doesn't bug you. Like it's, he's, <laughs> doing, you see, he's doing that to, to like, you get see a how rise he tried to coax, uh, God. That's going to come in super hot, or isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know where the hell that's I can see from. the levels. Maybe from my phone? I don't know. But Not me. Mine's in it's, chime, a, so. it's definitely a chime come from somewhere. I'll have to try to edit that out. It's annoying. But either way, um, with with that being said, there like I feel like there's a couple things I want to put out there. And let, let me know what you think about this. Give your honest opinion. Don't let me coax you. Do you believe that hiring Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. when Les Miles is on the table, after they courted Les Miles and brought him to the game at the end of the season, and I believe he went to the bowl game as well, do you think that was a good idea to, hi- to hire Harbaugh? This was before they hired Rich Rod, right? Uh, no, this was after Rich Rod was getting – like after he was released. They started – that summer. Oh, this is before they hired The, the bowl game, yeah. They started courting Les Miles. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a, dis- a good decision to be like, nah, we're going to pass on less? Well, I mean, I don't. Dave Brannon had it. I, I, I don't know what it was like being in, in those. Like, again, I can't read minds. I have no idea. Um, it's t- There's too much that could have happened. I mean, it's been too long at this point. Uh, I, I know. I, there, so the MGO blog, if those don't know, MGO blog is like probably the best college sports blog out there as is, but it's. It, they get into some detail, and there were people like on Flight Tracker, 
like watching where, oh, yeah. like where, where the Michigan private jet was going and oh, yeah. all the cities it was going to and trying to figure out who the next coach was going to be. Um, I do know, though, in the original search, that there, I mean, Harbaugh had a big problem in like the mid 2000s. I remember him and Mike Hart got into it because Harbaugh essentially criticized Lloyd Carr's players maybe at the time saying that they, he didn't think that they had a good academic standard. This is when he was coach at Stanford. Yeah. And Hart took it took it took it to heart um, <laughs> yeah Hart didn't appreciate it and he had some words in the media I don't remember what they were at this time but I thought there was kind of a rift at the time between Harbaugh and Michigan he wasn't he wasn't kind of feeling coming back home at all at the time. I don't I don't know but I don't know I don't remember much about I mean I remember the like less this was the first search I don't remember the 20 oh it happened again this is after I remember the first one more than the second one. After his I remember LSU tenure. LSU was going to be playing in the national title against Ohio State, I think, that year. Yeah. And that was when the courting was happening. And Les came out and was, was basically saying, he's like, I'm concentrating on this game. And then that flip-flop. And then it, and then it just dropped. And I think and then LSU, he shows up. LSU gave him like a crazy contract. He shows up on campus after that, after he's released. He shows up on campus. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is our chance. Nope. To get less, yeah, and I was, you know, ultimately, I, I was happy that they brought Harbaugh back. I was stoked. I remember watching that was in Mississippi, Biloxi, Mississippi. It came happening. on TV. I'm like texting people like, "Yo, yep. one of the happiest times, second happiest time, I think I had." And this is like to test how much I hate Ohio State. At the time, I, I, I went through my divorce or whatever. I was sitting in my bed, and my phone was just going off like crazy. I'm like, "What is going on?" ESPN tracker comes over and says, the little man with the sweater vest. Oh, Tress. Jim Tressel resigns from Ohio State. And we all knew there was something to it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, misconduct, this, this, and that, drove him to be like, all right, I'm out. I'm tired of dealing with this. And he ends up with the Colts, working at, with that organization. Not in a coaching capacity, but like scouting. Yeah, I thought it was yeah scouting. You're probably right. But I was so ear to ear happy. I hate him. I like very pretentious little fucking prick. Ball. Little prick him. I know like Ohio State fans love him, but that dude was probably Michigan. the biggest asshole. It's all you have to do at that school is beat Michigan, and you are God. That's all you need. Ugh. It's like he was like Woody Hayes esque. I, see, I didn't have it. I had to. I didn't have that type of hatred for him because I didn't. He didn't like. He's very snide. He makes you know dumb comment. Like he was hella petty for. A, I mean, I just a I college just, football coach. I just didn't like him from a like just from the straight up that he just beat us. Like I didn't from Run, who like, he was running up the scores and everything. This is before the college football playoff was, so none of that really mattered. Right. Just being a dick. Like you don't come on, man. Why are you fucking passing? I don't remember it. With like a couple like minutes, couple he, that's just the way he coached. I thought he was he was known for trestle ball though. He was foot on the throttle, just like Urban. Trestle ball was all about field goals though. But we're up like we're up. Like if you were a you're up like, you know, 20, 30 points with two minutes left in the game. Not back then. They didn't they didn't You're fucking passing. You're an they asshole. They didn't blow people out the way that, that they are now with, with this offense. But they had I mean, I will give you this. They had good teams. No, they fucking had amazing. Maurice Claret, come on, bro. <clears throat> Troy Smith, man, the Wolverine killer. He was the worst. But I was also – so I was talking to somebody about this, that – I mean, sports are cyclical, right? I mean, we can kind of talk about the whole – how it's shifted with Michigan, Michigan State, and it's just – and people – a lot of people forget how, like, 
I mean, Michigan in the late like 80s through 90s like didn't lose to Ohio State like at all. It's all cyclical. But what we were talking about was I can't think of another team that's had a longer run of talented like quarterbacks than Ohio State. Like from Troy Smith to to today, you can look at that list and they're I all mean, like, all right, unbelievable, talented for the system that they're in, or talented where it translated to professional career. For the system that they're in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's plenty of of, of systems that are like that. I mean, most of Rich Rod's like quarterbacks weren't, you know. Yeah. What was that guy White? Went on. Yeah. Pat White yeah. In, in West Virginia, like, I mean, he was phenomenal, but he that wouldn't have translated. Looking where they're playing, talent, and then also looking how it translates later on. Right. It just doesn't. But there, I mean, they have had so many good quarterbacks. At then the we have like level. who do we have as our quarterbacks coach in the '90s? Um, Leffler. Yes. Yeah. That dude was a fucking mad scientist. Yeah. Why we don't reach out to him or another great quarterback he's, coach? He's head coach somewhere right now. I don't remember where. Like Ball State or something. There was a while where he just put out just monsters. That like look at Tom Brady, bro. Yep. We had some. We had some pretty. We had Brian Greasy, Drew Henson, Tom Brady, John Navarre, who was basically a tight end. I think. I think he came in as oh, a yeah. tight end, and they just turned him into a quarterback. Bruh. And he has he I think he him and Henny went I don't know who has all the records at this point. Look but. look at those names he just dropped. John Navarre, Chad Henny, Tom Brady, Drew Tom Henson, Brady, Drew Henson, Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy. And then moving forward, he kinda gets sketchy. Yeah, well we had a lot of injuries too. Henny Henny got injured a and lot. You started to get people year. in the transport portal that are yeah. coming into the team who aren't Michigan men that stayed there for four years. Mallet. Mallet was one who, who left as soon as Rich Rod came in. Yeah, we had we have we've had a ton of problems at quarterback. I mean, Denard was basically our only consistent quarterback for a while. I'm still trying to find what it is. I think I think I figured it out. It's it's synced up to my phone, which is synced up to my computer, which too much syncing. Apple, get your shit together. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if one thing is silenced, maybe they should all be. But anyway, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, do you think the the next question I'm gonna field is, do you think that Harbaugh's job is on the line? No, you don't feel like he's Absolutely in the hot seat not. at all. No, I feel like if he doesn't beat Ohio State this year, when when they're at their probably weakest that they've been in the last four or five years, Ohio State at their weakest, at their weakest, this team. And this is why I say this. I, I completely here's why here's why adamantly I, disagree with that. Here's why I say this. Hear me out. This might be the best Ohio State. People are saying that because of the record, but look who they who look who they've played. True. Look who they've played. Strength schedule and look who they point. have. Okay, yeah. you have a threat in Chase Young. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's one person that can be neutralized. And then, oh, we got Fields. Okay, a first year starting quarterback that has now learned learned your system and is playing in that system, who hasn't played shit yet. Bro, we're about to find out tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see that Penn State game is going to show a lot. For but sure. as 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 of right now, when you're playing freaking Akron in a freaking Sister Mary Joseph School for the fucking blind at the beginning of the season, I mean. Yeah, their hardest game that they've won so far is Wisconsin. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Ohio State fans. <laughs> stop. Stop talking shit. You haven't played anybody. Hear me out. When you beat somebody. Let me know, okay? Just like y'all are tired of Michigan fans talking about the past, talking about what we did, this is now. And right now, we ain't, we don't have it. But you don't see majority of real Michigan fans that know their history, that are fans of the university or alumni, 
Sometimes they do. Some a select few of them talk crazy like they're supposed to win a national championship every year. Mm-mm. Like you're not going to win a national championship every year. I'm sorry. Like the only team that's out there that because of their situation that could be in the talk every year is Alabama. And Clemson right now. Yeah, and Clemson. But outside of that, beat your rivals, go to bowl games. That's it. All I really care about from like the, moving forward, we could lose to App State again, as long as we beat Ohio State. We do need to turn that. I mean, that that needs to. They're only what like add. nine games back now. Yeah, it's they're they're coming up quick. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's got. I mean, and I'd like honestly, I'd, there's not the same in a weird way. There's not as much hatred in that rivalry. You wonder why? It's because they've been whooping our ass for the last yeah. like decade and a half. I yeah, feel like. and it's it's like it pissed me off because as a, when I was a kid, I remember how insane that rivalry was. I can't. I remember watching that. I remember uh, it even up until like 2004 and 2005, it was nuts. Watching like, Ezekiel Elliott's like junior and senior year, where he came in the big house and ran for like 400 yards. Yeah, he tore us up. That's the only thing they had going. Yeah. They didn't need anything else. Just give him the ball. See what happens. Yeah. I think Charles but. I think Charles Woodson and um it was Charles Woodson and Braylon Edwards. I, I want to say more Braylon had a good point. What is going on with Michigan's recruiting? At some point when you become a what's supposed to be, you know, you're getting into power five football right on the cusp, mm-hmm. you have to start recruiting outside your state. Mm-hmm. You have to start recruiting outside your region. You're letting talent in the south. You're letting talent in the in the west just go untapped. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's important to have you know a good academic standing. Absolutely, the NCAA. It's college football. You're a student athlete. I get that. But at the same time, is your whole roster going to be 4.0 students? Right. Are they going to have the fight in them? Are you going to get some kid that's hungry that wants to play and wants to win and is going to bind to your system and not bitch and complain? And come to knock heads off every game. Where's that at? Where did it go? Because that's not what Michigan has right now. You got these kids that are like, "Oh, I played for Michigan." Cool. I don't know about that. I mean, Michigan. If has they don't. Okay, there's one player on that. Name the one player on the roster right now who has that kind of mentality. I can give you one. Go ahead. Metellus. Yeah, for sure. That's the one. That's. I the, would say Hudson too. Hud- Kalika Hudson also. He's a little bit more tamed, but that's the one. <laughs> He don't care about the officials, how they're going to call the game. He comes to play football. He hunts the ball, and he fucking puts people on their ass. He tackles. None of this arm bullshit. He goes to the ball. He hawks the ball. And if you can't get the ball, may God rest your soul. That's just the one guy that I'm like, he's a real one. That dude's hungry. He doesn't obviously come from a scenario where it's like, oh, if I play here for four years, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be good. No, I got to make it. And if I gotta run over people to get there, that that's that's the hunger we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to go out and get somebody who's barely going to be ac- academically el- eligible, but what I'm saying is you got to get somebody who has a hunger. Mm-hmm. This needs to go into the thought process. I don't care what race, creed, color you are. That needs to go into the thought process when you're getting these kids. Give some opportunities to these kids who are hungry, who have what it takes to stay at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Don't go get somebody who's like barely going to go to class. And Cheating and not getting by. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, bro, I don't need a rocket surgeon who doesn't have the hunger to play. Mm-hmm. It's Michigan football. I don't know, man. I think you're selling them a little short. It's Michigan football. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with recruiting at the University of Michigan right now, but that shit is dog shit, parfait, granola on the top, fruit on the bottom, soft. <laughs> it's bad. It's soft. Ask an honest opinion of a of Ohio State fan on, on our defense 
Now I know it's supposed to be oh, that's Michigan fans and that's analysts who are favored, uh, uh, favoring Michigan during these broadcasts. They're saying oh you know they're they're the top rated. Okay, I don't care about your numbers. When well, the no, so when the smoke is on, so can they hold the line? That's been the problem with Don Brown, and I was just talking to my coworker about this. Like Don Brown, anytime you're you're out, you have more talent than the other team. It's going to work because you're just going to blitz like crazy, play man to man. But you can't do that against equal to better talent, which is usually the games that we lose are, you know, you see KJ Hamler at Penn State go nuts. Uh, last year, um, Haskins just threw all over us because nobody saw that shit coming because we didn't we he didn't switch to zone like, well, yeah, no one saw that coming. But also he, he did the same scheme. Ohio State knew how to Was play it, it and three then, seasons ago when we lost in double overtime to Ohio State. Yeah, that wasn't the first down. Period. So All angles show that it – and it shouldn't come down to that. It shouldn't. But the fact of the matter is when you're at Ohio State or you're on the road anywhere against a team that's good, you cannot leave it up to the officials. Right. Well, that's kind of the, one of the points I wanted to talk about Like when it came to – when it comes to that Braylon – I think it was Braylon who did say that, like talking yeah. about the talent discrepancy. But, like, Michigan has – especially under Harbaugh has been – we haven't. We've only been. We've only lost. I would say, like what, two or three bad games. Like Ohio State last year was bad, in terms of like getting blown out or like taking Ohio like State, Penn, uh, Penn State, the bowl game against South Carolina Penn a couple State. seasons ago, Penn State, South Wisconsin. Carolina, no, 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 I would. I would say the they worst. tried to come back, but it was too too little, too late. Right. But you, you didn't. You didn't put up any points, and your offense or your defense was just like fuck it. Right. But I would say in terms of. And that's going to happen pretty much through almost any team. Can we Mississippi State? That was another loss. That was under Rich Rod. Was it under Rich Rod? Was it the yeah. first season for either Rich Rod or Hoke? We didn't. We haven't played Mississippi State with. with and Harbaugh. the thing that started my like, kind of, the thing that I I, I went full mood swing <laughs> from when Harbaugh got hired on to his first game, and a lot of Michigan fans are very pretentious when it comes to playing that lesser talent. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Utah. We're going to beat them. I, I said, did not think we were going to beat them. I said, them. I listen to me. I said, listen to me. Where are we playing the game? Because, yes, we did mollywop that same starting quarterback. They mm-hmm. came back from Utah because it was a home and home. Mm-hmm. Got destroyed, put out of the game. We beat them. I wouldn't say terribly, but we beat them at Michigan Stadium, the big house. The next season, we get Harbaugh. He has all summer, takes him wherever. They do the, the fucking camp. I want to say that. No, Utah beat us that first year in, in the big house. That was Brady Hope no, no. last year. We beat him. No, we didn't. Did we beat him? No, I think if, and I remember specifically that was the game, like it got rained out for like a four or five hour delay. And they came oh, we back. have to look at that one. I'm pretty sure we came back and won I'm that almost one. positive we lost. You, you, if you don't mind pulling that no, up. No, I don't. But then we, then we fast forward to the next season. Harbaugh's there. And I said, hey, look, what are the, what's the stipulation for this game? He goes, oh, well, it's a night game. At Utah. I was like, do you know what there is to do in Utah? Basketball season is not necessarily in full swing at the beginning of the season. What, what is there to do? You can watch Ute football, and you can watch BYU and Utah State. Everybody and their moms, 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 and three wives ago. That's a – never mind. It's a Mormon joke. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is going to show up to this game. Not to be confused. Drunk, not drunk, half cocked, but they're going to be there to support their team. And it happened. Mm-hmm. And they came out and lit our ass up. And that's when I saw, like, he's not as good of a coach as people keep putting out there. So Michigan is 1-3 against Utah. 
the last win against Utah was September 21st, 2002. They lost to Utah that first year of Rich Rod, and then the last year of Hoke and the first year of, of Harbaugh. Man. Yep. I'm like, I don't think we're going to beat them. I didn't think they were, they were also – Utah's been a great team the last – And they weren't – there was nothing yeah. exceptional about them. What I did see during that game was a ton of terrible fucking coaching decisions. And then also – I don't, I don't remember these at all. I remember that was a competitive game. <sighs> Boneheaded decisions. I remember specifically the thing about that game that I, I did not go into it expecting that we were going to win it. Calling, calling timeouts. Okay, here's the thing. I understand – the game of football. I'm not a head coach, mm-hmm. but there is a there is a sink or swim factor when it comes to your quarterback. Now, the play call is not in. Do you burn on a first down? Do you burn a timeout? See, I don't remember any. What like there I was just the there was decisions where I was like, this is not. It's not just the players; it's the coaching staff together. I think so. Where it becomes an issue, sorry, is. I remember watching that game, and I was I was thrilled. Even though we lost that game, I was thrilled because I think Michigan fans forget what our teams looked like under Brady Hoke and Rich Rod. I remember seeing like just one of them beat Ohio State, but just from an execution standpoint, one of them beat Ohio State. Yeah, with and with Rich Rod's players too, and against Luke Fickle, who was their interim coordinator coach. Hey, so one of them beat Ohio State. They did. And what did Luke Fickle turn around and do after that? He's at Cincinnati now. Yeah, but didn't he? Wasn't he with the team another season? He's he was the defensive coordinator. Well, like for as a head coach, as the interim, because Urban ended up they went seven taking and, a leave. They went seven and five. You taking a, a, a taking a leave of absence because of health issues. So, so they ended up having for a majority of that season. Luke Fickle was the coach for the entire 2011 season. He didn't do bad. He went seven and five. Look, I think <laughs> when your head coach goes down, especially when that. I'm, okay, look, don't get me wrong. I hate Ohio State, but I have respect for when a coach is good. Mm-hmm. Man, that boy is good. He good. Wait, who are we talking about? We're now? talking about Urban. Yeah, yeah, Urban's – there's a reason he's one of the best coaches <laughs> in football. Bruh. He's probably going to go to USC too, so. Look, what you need to do, what you need to do, people, okay? You want to get Urban Meyer at Michigan? How big of a mind fuck would that be? That w- People's heads would explode, yeah. Just like when – I don't want him. But just like yeah. when homeboy left Madison – and went yeah. to Ohio State. That wasn't that big. I mean, that was surprising for Fuck sure. Fuck him, man. It was surprising. But. Like, out of all the teams in the land where you can go get that paycheck because you do your job well. Well, a lot of people don't realize is that when they, see, when, they see it, when they saw that pop up on their ESPN tracker, a lot of people don't realize he was one of the only staff members to stay from the Lloyd Cargiers. All the way through two coaches. He stayed. No, he didn't. Greg yes. Madison was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. I could have swore he was there during one of those years. No. Early no, years. No. If he was Hoke or – No, because he had the Harbaugh connection. He knew Harbaugh's dad. And then he also I could have swore Madison was there. No, Madison was defensive coordinator with, with – uh, Or maybe it was the question of if he was actually going to stay. Because I, I think he came before Harbaugh. He was with Hoke. Yes, and he decided to stay. I, w- I heard Little Bird tell me he wasn't getting paid. No, he definitely wasn't getting paid his, enough. But he wasn't the co- – last year – the year, yeah, he was the defensive line coach, not the coordinator. He decided to stay. What you mean, like that's? And now he's. I think there's the obviously a there's obviously a stay. connection between you and your players. You right. and your players, if you're going to, he cared. A lot, a lot of these coaches and this this carousel of coaches and players. Mm-hmm. Where's the next paycheck? All right, I'm out. 
He stayed for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it definitely wasn't because of the paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of commitment I'm talking about. So when he turns around, <laughs> bro, I would have rather him just leave. Yeah, I know. Don't be a part of our staff. <laughs> and then just dip. I mean, it's, it, that's part of this rivalry, though. I mean, Bo Schembechler was, was under Woody Hayes. I mean, that's, the, that's how it all started. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Bro, you traitorous rat bastard. <laughs> you have always hated Ohio State way more. I mean, like, I think it's, just, it's, it's coming from when I got college, college age and started to care about college football. Mm-hmm. And then watching them just be di- – like, I got some good friends of mine that are – or associates of people I run across that are good people that are Ohio State fans. Mm-hmm. And we go back and forth. But then there are some that just go over the fucking line. See, I'm kind of fortunate to to uh, avoid that part. I don't, they they I go don't like over the, like, all right, now you're just talking crazy. They're another one of those programs every year. Like, we should be winning that. I have a coworker. He's an older guy. He, went to, he went to Ohio State, I think, back in like the seventies. And I, I have nothing but respect for that guy. Um, every single year going into, he's the most like one of the most realistic fans I've ever talked to. So, I, in my experience, I mean, this is for a lot of fans. What you want to call it, Michigan State, Notre Dame, all of that. Um, I, and maybe it's just the the approach that I have with it, but I'm not. I'm never really looking for a fight. Like I'm not. No, but I think I think the biggest thing is when, when we talked about this earlier in the car, when you get a so-called college football fan that starts talking crap about your fan base when your team's gonna play them, especially when it's out of conference. I remember being in a deploy location. This dude was like, "I'm a Florida fan. Fuck Michigan." And I was like, "Okay." This is before the bowl game loss. We're talking almost ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking madness to me. Michigan sucks, this, this, and that. Like, what the fuck? Like, he wasn't even claiming SEC. He's like, Florida's just, you know, more dominant team, this, and that. I was like, okay, how many times has uh, Ohio State, or not Ohio State, but Florida beat Michigan? Oh, you know, we beat, we beat them before. I was like, really? This is before Hey Google. Otherwise, I would have used it. Right. Um, or Siri. Yeah, last year was good. But I already knew the answer. Yeah, they were 0-5 against us until last year or something like that. 0-4. Oh and, and I was like, hey, by the way, out of two of those games, uh, a young man by the name of Braylon Edwards, true freshman and sophomore, tore your fucking defensive new asshole. We also beat uh, and then Tim Tebow. The two th- yeah, yeah. two thousand Urban Meyer. That was Urban Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. I don't think he forgot about that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, definitely they did. They did extremely well. And you know, was, that was a crazy uh, season because that was also the year Ohio State lost to Syracuse, the Mildenhall brothers. I don't remember this at all. Yep, they beat. Ohio State badly ran all over him. And I was like, whoa, there was Rashad Mildenhall. And his brother played there as well. His younger brother. And they both were running backs and played at uh, – that's back when they had Juice Williams was the quarterback for Syracuse. He had like a size 13 head. had to get him a custom helmet. Juice Williams. You're talking, are you thinking of Illinois? Was it Illinois? Or Illinois. That's what it was. It was Illinois that beat them. Because they were number two in the country. Orange, orange, orange teams. Yeah. Anyway. I was like, Juice Williams, that was Illinois. Yeah. With Ron Zook, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the Zook. The Zook. That, the dude's a, that dude's a savage. Anyway, stories about that guy are crazy. But um, but true. Mm-hmm. That's another dude who stood by his players, literally, <laughs> and threw hands. Anyway, <laughs> at a frat house. 
awesome awesome but anyway i do remember that watching that bowl game we played florida with tim tebow florida team with the with a team full of killers literally all of them well one of them was yeah aaron hernandez was a convicted killer so that went down can hey i saw a meme was like tim tebow's the only quarterback that can lead a team full of killers and, and drug dealers with Jesus to the to the national championship. <laughs> yeah. Get on that meme. Hey man. But I, I yeah, give it up. I got to give it up for that though those Michigan teams where the talent was there and you watch them during the season, you're kinda like, eh, and then you go into a game where you're on paper it always felt you're like outmatched. We, we always, it always felt like we played down to a lot of teams back then. We yeah. rose to the occasion that game. We broke our foot off. That was an Allen Branch team, wasn't it? No. Allen Branch was already gone. This was the year after that. This was this was the Appalachian State year. Because we were supposed to That's be really right. good. And then we, we had the bowl, and then we were super healthy. And on top of which, we opened up the playbook and, and moved to spread. So we had Mike Mike Hart Ooh. and Chad Henney running a spread offense with, with Manningham and Arrington. And oh, my gosh. It was nuts. Was that Manningham? Was that was after Avant left, or was that Avant's senior year? No, Avant was gone. That was a good team, too. We had, we had Stevie Breast and Avant. Yeah, that year we went to the Rose Bowl and played uh, Texas. I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> against another phenomenal college quarterback, one of the best of all time. So, I mean. That was his coming out yeah. party, basically. Yeah, and then yeah. watch him in the national championship. Yep. Did the same thing to USC the next year. Tore him up. I did, and I think that year, Notre Dame played Ohio State, and I was looking forward to Ohio State losing. In the bowl game, Fiesta Bowl, I And think. they beat the brakes off Notre oh, Dame. Oh, they destroyed him. Charlie Weiss destroyed him. That's another dude. Ohio I kinda State destroyed Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm just saying they destroyed. Yeah, they broke off on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> they beat him. You're like, how, like bad. How, how many inches of my leg do you want in your ass? Okay, let's do this. It was bad. Yeah. Um. That's another team, man. Like, I wish they were better. The Domers. Yeah. I mean, they're t- just, they, they're they're piling up wins. But. Just so that when we played them, it's even sweeter. I mean, we we popped them off this year. I mean, yeah. We're not playing them until like I don't know, nineteen. Like or twenty, it feels good. Seventy or whatever. It feels good. If we can, like, look, beat we beat Ohio State. That means we would have beat Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in one season. We don't have to win the national championship, bro. Oh, are you kidding? That would be. They'd make a statue for Harbaugh too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I give him max one and a half seasons. He's got one and a half seasons left. Nope. I said it here on the Journey of Oz podcast. Harbaugh has one and a half seasons left, and he will be cut his check and on a plane smoking to the NFL. I promise you. No. There's teams that can use him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if, if he cut, if he got sick of it and cut for the NFL or something similar. Or just goes to a, a more stacked program. I don't see him coaching college at another – at another school. Or if he, and look, I, I I'll tell you what, him. if he keeps on this path, he's going to end up in Ypsilanti. <laughs> Eastern Eagles, hats off to you. Five, 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 four, OEMU. Look to the sky, the Eagles will fly. Kick Now, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, Eastern's not as terrible as they used to be. They got new facilities. They put money into the program. It always looks like uh, they are not what they used to be. I don't. Uh, have you ever see pictures of that new field? Because when we were the, the gray one, yeah. yeah. When we were, when I was there working with the staff and everything, it there looks like it makes you feel like you're colorblind when you're looking Bro. at pictures of that. 
<laughs> in the in their facility when I was there, two thousand three, two thousand four, mm-hmm. or 05. They had a plaque on the building for the only bowl game they had gone to. They they've really only gone to one bowl game. Just at that at that time, they've been to I think they've been to bowl games after that, like the Motor City Bowl, something like that. Yeah. But at that point in time, the last bowl game they had gone to was nineteen seventy six. It was like the s- California. Back when they were still the Hurons. Something bowl. I mean, they've had like good players come out of there. Mm-hmm. People they used are, to be the Hurons, right? That was used to be like the yep. Eastern, and people were people people were like, uh, oh, what like who? I know they're gonna say like who? What good player came out of there? Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch, baby. Look, if you're a Lions fan, you know Charlie Batch. You know Charlie Batch. He, he also, also went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was he, the Steelers. He played pretty well at Pittsburgh. He was behind uh, Cordell Stewart. Yeah. And yeah. uh, and Roethlisberger for a few years there. Charlie Batch. I met he the guy. A, I bet the, he was like he's like a perfect backup quarterback. I Starter met the guy who removed his ingrown toenails. Ew, Fun fact. Okay. That that went places. Hey, look, they had to go before he went to the league. So at the end of the season, they yanked him out. Oh. It's giving him issues. But you know, they, those guys are playing on turf. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. Well, it's like not astral turf, it's but that artificial. Yeah, artificial. Grass they used to be on astral turf. You could skip a ball like twenty yards. Well, pretty much every somebody. School, every, almost every school has. That stuff was terrible. Very few schools have real grass. Now. It'll, uh, it'll eat you up. Especially, like, you know, I don't think they. I want to say they never had grass, like actual grass, at Eastern S- yeah. Stadium. Maybe like when you know before AstroTurf was created, but. Well, yeah. Real grass is expensive. <laughs> Everyone uh, going into Michigan Stadium when they were removing the grass to put in the, like during the off season, I was with my dad and he's like, "We're in Ann Arbor for some reason or the other, just you know traveling, going to a shop or something." Mm-hmm. We saw the stadium was open. We're like, "Hey, can we?" We go down, like went down the tunnel, and they were time. they were taking everything out. Like what they didn't have all like you know they didn't have like the big fence, the wrought iron fences and everything around it. You could just walk up to the stadium, and the the crew was like, "Hey, you can go walk on the tunnel and take a look." Went out on the field. That's a, that's a story. Remember when you and I snuck into Michigan Stadium that, that night? That I cannot confirm or deny that that happened. <laughs> that that fence is no. But if two there. P- but if two people were able to sneak into a stadium, at twelve at night. Oh, it was like four in the morning. It was. It was stupid time. It was insane. and toss the football around under You're the in there for a while too. under the one light on the old press box. Yeah, cast over the stadium on a full moon night. Yeah, that was awesome. I can't believe we didn't get like no one was there to catch us. Or I don't think they would have cared. It was off. It was off season. So, well, and we weren't we weren't doing anything. We, weren't, we were just throwing the, the ball. kids did it all the time. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we weren't the only ones who did that on a regular basis. So, oh yeah, I've been down there before during the day with a bu- another buddy of mine and uh. Tossing the ball around in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody was coming on a visit, and they were like, "What are you guys doing here?" I was like, "We're the quarterback coach." He's like, "All right, cool." <laughs> it helps when you're <laughs> friends, we're friends with Leffler. Well, yeah, basically, yeah, it was him actually. He's like, "Oh shit!" I was, oh, you are. He's like, "I am." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, just hurry up, guys." <laughs> he was like making a big deal about it because I mean, I think he recognized my buddy from uh, his job that he had at the time. He was working with the uh, with a magazine that covers mm. athletics there, so. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. Right. He was like, I know, it's not a big deal. <sighs> what other stories can I tell? I don't know. You know Mike Phelps? Phelps was fun. That dude was a real cool guy. He, uh, he was super cool, yeah. To the point where, like, I met him. We hung out, like, here and there during the summer. He always saw me. The first time I met him, I walked into a bar, and he's like, um, the girl that, was at the, that I knew that was working at the bar used to be called um touchdowns yes it was touchdowns mm-hmm. what is it now the blue lap blue lap 
that's off South U for you, those of you who might want to visit. But cool place. Always, yeah, he always used to have. I remember because he was easy to ca- he was easy to pick in a crowd because he always always had a Bud Light and a spitter. All right, so <laughs> a lot of people are not going to believe this, but before he won all the gold medals, the 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 winter before or the summer before he went mm-hmm. to start training for the Olympics, it'll have been two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. I go up to the bar, you know, like I normally do. I had like a couple people with me. We get in. They never checked my ID because at that time. I wouldn't have been 21 yet. Mm-hmm. Or I just turned 21. No, I, ju- I had just turned 21. That's what it was. So it was like that summer. Mm-hmm. So we ended up um, going in there, whatever. I get to the bar, order my drinks, and uh, I got to pull up my card to pay for it or cash or whatever. And the girl that was there was like, who I knew from the years before mm-hmm. of working there, she goes, Oh no, um, Mike's got it and he wants to see you. I'm like, Who the fuck is Mike? I'm not going to complain about free drinks, but, like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking, like, somebody's looking for me. Not that I was doing anything that. Nothing nefarious sh- yeah, going no, on. No, nothing crazy where somebody needs to come see me or sees me and, and tries to, you know, bring me into a. I got a little street sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like, if I don't know this guy, I don't know anybody named Mike. <laughs> Who's Mike? But I hung around with some of the uh, Michigan hockey players, a couple of good buddies of mine who I still keep up with this day. S- they also hung out with him and some of the baseball players there at University of Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, just during the summer or whatever. They're taking classes or whatever and just shooting the shit on campus for, you know, uh, summer practices, un- unofficial practices where the team gets together and, you know, hangs out and does conditioning before s- before the school year starts for the fall. So that was one of the things he was doing. He was using some facilities there to, you know, to start his workouts. And oh, He also went to school there for like a semester. Yeah. But, yeah, he was training. His coach was, I think, U of M's coach. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, you know, up there doing his thing. But at this time, he wasn't taking it like t- he was still, you know, drinking and everything. But let me get into the story to tell you why my mind was blown when I look on the TV and I see this dude win all these gold medals. Because this is the version of Mike Phelps that I met. So I go back to the back of the bar. There he is. And I recognize the face. And I was like, oh, that Mike. But at this point, only I think like only Michigan fans and swimmers knew he was the well, rest he won, of he won a couple golds in 2004 too like he was expected to but like the rest of the rest of like i would say the world wasn't like set on to like oh this guy you know what i mean i don't know man he was he, he was a pretty big deal it wasn't like people were walking up to him and getting autographs like they would now no, I'd, people didn't I'd, like it people in there didn't know oh, who yeah, he yeah. was yeah yeah he he also like kept a low profile though but but it was obvious to me after you know seeing his pictures like oh that's him but it wasn't like i was gonna like he was a normal guy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to like ask for his autograph and like take pictures and shit. This was not that time. So I ended up going back there or whatever, and he ends up telling me, he's like, I know who you are. I've seen you around. And at the time, I'm like, I'd tag along my buddy who worked for Global Wolverine magazine. And uh, he had seen me around. He goes, I hope you're not writing any bad things about me. He's like, make sure you write all good stuff. And he's like, in a joking manner. He's like, I just wanted to meet you. I've seen you around. And, like, you know, some of the guys seem like a cool, cool guy or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, you know. I know who you are. It's cool, but it was just blowing my mind because, you know, like Phil said, he had won some gold medals before that, and mm-hmm. we're looking at him like this is an athlete. And in my mind, when you have an athlete of that caliber, one, they definitely don't fucking smoke right. cigarettes. At this time, they hadn't banned smoking indoors yet. Mm-hmm. So he's smoking cigarettes. He's got a huge chavi in his lip, and he's mm-hmm. drinking all three at the same time. I don't remember ever seeing him smoke. I remember the dip, but I don't remember. He was doing smoke. all three. I always remember he always had he always had a Bud Light. Or Labatt. I don't remember which. I think it was Labatt. Labatt and his dipper. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, I got talked to him. I was like, man, you really? He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, I won't be doing this from this weekend on. 
I'm getting ready to go up to Colorado to train, like officially with a team. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, just getting it all, all the way now. So when like I'm like, oh, it, he's obviously falling off a little bit if he's doing all this shit, but I don't know his history. This mm-hmm. is my mind. Then you fast forward, this motherfucker wins everything, and I'm like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? So after that, I ended up working at um, Briarwood Mall, mm-hmm. like at three different places. And at the time, I was working at Journeys. I don't remember Journeys. Mm-hmm. Working at Journeys. I s- out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy like in a like a nice like you know gabardine like trench coat, and he like it was in the winter, and he kind of walks past and like comes backwards a little bit and is like Oz, I'm like what's up baby, and he comes in and just chops it up with me. He was like yeah I'm just home visiting some people whatever this and, that. and like talked to me for like 15 minutes and just shot the shit. I was like hey you know if you see me around or you know whatever like don't be a stranger, mm-hmm. nicest guy ever. Yeah, and He's once again chill. walking alone. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, no entourage, right. by itself. There aren't people crowded. This is after the medals. Yeah. Nobody, like, knew who this dude was. I'm like, it's Mike. And then after that, people, like, um, I remember the news story came out where it's, like, pictures of Mike Phelps have surfaced when he's smoking a, what appears to be weed out of a bong. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, I'm not surprised. Like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. He's a normal guy. He was totally, yeah, he was. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't know him at all. But the few times I was with you and, and we ran into him, I think it was, like, Three or four times. He's like super nice. Yeah. We talk, you know, like, like honestly talked to you. Like, oh, what, what are you up to? What are you doing? Like, like genuinely interested in like in just being a normal person. Yeah. Hanging out with people. He's not on that like superstardom shit. Yep. It got made by the media to push it to that point. So that's why I like I don't like this last uh, summer I was at home. I, I had the cho- I had the, the chance to meet Matt Patricia, head coach of the Lions. I just happened to be getting my uh, my key card from my hotel. You told me this. And he like walks, he like rolls up because he was on the scooter for his leg at the time. He had yeah. like a surgery. And I look over my, this is how bad we are as, I say we as Lions fans. Okay. Now most people would geek out if you're a Lions fan, like want to get a picture with you, shake his hand. None of that went through my mind. Mm-hmm. I was trying to work up enough composure to say something to him as a, as a kind gesture, but also not be a dick. <laughs> I didn't want anything from him. I want you to win games. Yeah. I literally looked at him and, and I was like, how's it going, coach? And he goes, oh, it's going all right. It's going good. This is before the season started, though. Yep, right? before this is the preseason. They had a preseason game that next day. So they were at the hotel. I'm not going to give out the name of the hotel because I'm pretty sure they use it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'll put it this way. It was in Dearborn. I'll let you guys figure it out if you want to figure it out. But anyway, we ended up, um, yeah, and that's all. I was like, hey, good luck. And I just walked the fuck away. <laughs> I told him, good luck. Yeah. And walked away. Coach of a professional football team. Hey. <laughs> Have Adam. And just like, kind of like a look on his face like, oh, that was weird. No. And then they proceeded to get their ass throughout the frame all preseason. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a classic I, line. I get it was preseason, but like, try to win. Mm-hmm. Figure out what works before you get into the season. Well, I don't give a flying fuck about the preseason. But. I mean, but it's it's definitely a... I would say a mirror of the issues that you're probably going to have during the season. Right. Obviously your starters, it doesn't matter if you lose or win a preseason game, but try to manufacture a win with what you got, because you never know what players are going to make the team and what players you're going to have to be stuck with for that season, unless you can find a replacement before free agency. So with that being said, try to fucking win. Yeah. But I would also argue that roll into the season on a high note versus, well, boy, here we go. Well, the year we went, undefeated in the preseason we went <laughs> like 
winless. We were the first before the Browns joined us, but like we were the the history. You know what's crazy about team, those so. games? We we never really a lot of those games we were losing by a field goal. They were close games. We weren't getting so, blown out. But I think that's a lot of NFL games. Like you look at the ticker at but the end of the week on Sunday night. Like what zero and six team is not just getting? There's only like one or two games maybe where the score differential is more than a touchdown. Like, and the games I think surrounding that season, we were lit- we were literally winning because of the golden boy. Jason Hansen, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. Like I'm talking about kicking field goals that should not go in, should not even be close. To having a chance. That guy was good. I think he we, he like he was he held some kind of record. I think he's got he's our all time points. Like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got the most points of any line in history. Yeah. Oh, all right. I know we've been talking about sports for a little bit, but I, I also wanted to delve into since we have a plethora of time, we got probably like another forty minutes, I'd imagine, before this gets a little too lengthy. Because I'm editing this later, so mm-hmm. yeah. So. What is your view on how mental health amongst young men, especially men in this country, and just people in general has changed over the years? Obviously, I think, me personally, I think it's it's changing for the better. Oh, yeah. But to actually address it, know it's real, and there people are starting to teach what to look for mm-hmm. in people, especially those, I mean, in the military community, there's a lot of suicide going on in the law enforcement, high stress jobs, and just in general in America. Yeah. I feel like either it's on the rise or we're giving more attention to it, and it's always, the numbers already be, has been the same. Mm-hmm. It's just we're giving more attention to it to try to thwart this. Yeah. What do you think, um, you think, obviously, it, obviously, I think it's a good thing, but what do you think is driving that? What is driving what? Like, just the awareness? The, awa- the awareness and... Do you think it's something we could have done sooner? Well, I think a lot of it all comes down to, I mean, this, it's the same with everything. Um, it's the, I mean, it's the basic answer is the internet. I mean, it's just the more, the more connectivity that we have. Um, a lot of, I mean, the genesis of a lot of this stuff comes from, you know, your upbringing. Almost anything with mental health, com- like, you know, can be rooted back to some type of trauma, right? And then the societal standards that are held to men about you know you know be a man toughen up that's incredibly unhealthy um but i've always been for for my aspect of it I, I, i'm very lucky that i come from a family that's very supportive of like you know being emotional being like you know in in who you are and not not hiding who you are not not like pushing it down or whatever um so <laughs> what i talk i have it's funny you bring this up like I've mentioned this before that like when it comes to almost anything mental health related, even just pulling outside of like the male mental health awareness, but just mental health in general, we are in the infancy of how to, like how to treat it, research, awareness, any of that. I mean, it's, it is medieval and I don't think people recognize that very often. I mean, even what, like 60, 70 years ago, we had like, Psycho institutions. Where uh, we he's just crazy. Let's just electrocute the shit out of him to his brain. Yeah, or, or lobotomize. <laughs> like, people. Well, like, like what that wasn't that long ago. Like, it's to the point. Of like, okay, don't act on anything. Become a vegetable. Yeah. So that people don't think I'm crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, and I do have a lot of strong views on that. But uh, you think we're in a good place as far as moving forward? Or oh no, 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 no. 
or a, just a better place. Better is a be- is probably a good. It's word. a relative, a yeah, more relative, yeah, apropos word of it. Um, the internet has been wonderful for that in terms of raising the awareness and, and kind of getting people more into a, and and I am like, I kind of wear it on my chest. I like to kind of be upfront about that. And I mean, I go, I, I go into therapy. I, I think therapy is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, and I have no shame about that. I, I try and make people feel as comfortable to show that, Hey, like this works, like this makes you more in control of your emotions, more in control of your, you know, meditative state or, or mindfulness is probably the word I was looking for, but it is getting better. We have a tremendous amount of, of way to go. Like it's, it's, it's upsetting, but you have to kind of be relative to, to where we are currently. I definitely, I definitely noticed that at least over the last, I'd say five, six years, at least on my side with my profession, they're taking it way serious because at this point, the Air Force has the highest numbers of suicide. Mm-hmm. Now, to the, to a layman who doesn't know much about being in the military or in service of the country, it's not you don't always have to be in combat or been shot at to have these issues. Everything from your scheduling to the to the load of actual tasks, saturation that, that, that we have per person that is actually serving, mm-hmm. it's crazy. The military has made several cuts, which it's going to hit your manning, which means you're doing more with less. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you're interrupting lifestyle, you're interrupting families so often that it's affecting all the military. Mm-hmm. But what they're trying to get to, to the bottom of is, is our schedule or is our, how do I put this, is the pace that we're working at and how much we have to do with the amount of personnel we have too much? When do we stand down? When do we have these breaks to address this? Mm-hmm. What can we change? It's the nature of the beast. You what have these that? things on the outside of the military, but now you're condensing it and you're putting a lot of stress on a lot of people. And people don't care because they're not really in those shoes. Right. It's hard to like look at it if you have no idea what, what an individual does. See, I think that point, though, is important. Is, is <coughs> like the nature of the beast aspect of it. I think that... That's the last like domino, so to speak, that needs to fall where people are like collectively going to be like, no, we can't stop. We can't keep ignoring this. Like, yes. We can't just say it is what it is. I mean, but anymore. ultimately, like. It's the reality. Yeah, it's you, happening. It, but I, I get what you're saying. It yeah, needs yeah, to change. Like, yeah, you can't just say, well, it, it it's hard because it's hard. Right. Yeah, I get. Yeah, totally get that. But if people are I mean, the statistics showing, you know, suicides you know, problems related like substance abuse issues. I mean, you, you, the list is long and it's not just, just in the military. I mean, this is just, yeah. this is just in general. And that's the one thing I want to put out there for people who may be misunderstanding this is like the same. All right. Yes. Being in the military, you're held to a higher standard than your civilian counterparts. Mm-hmm. Period. But that doesn't change who you are as an individual and a person. When you, come home and you go to where you're going you're not on duty you're still a human being that's why like all the time people be like oh you lock your doors and stuff when you live on base i'm like yes well why do you do that it's supposed to be like a safe place it's like the same motherfuckers on the outside doing shady shit it happens here at your local your local base your deployed location everything from sexual assaults to drug abuse mm-hmm. to murder to violence yeah all these social issues and things that happen in 
normal society, or as we like to call the civilian world, right. happens right next door to you at your home. Private sector. In your little safe bubble of where you think your family is safe. You need to treat that exactly like the outside. There's the same issues. Mm-hmm. They're just more amplified because it's in your world. It's in your bubble now. Right. I'm not going to say, okay, I'll put it this way. Putting on your uniform does not change that you're human. No. Not at all. These things exist all around us. Right. So be aware of that. So when you have a person that's putting themselves out there, you know, oh, he's fine. He's a tough guy or gal. And, oh, you know, they'll, 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 they'll just handle it. No, no, they won't. We call it being in somebody's chili or in their Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to be there. Yeah. Sometimes you absolutely need to be there to see what's going on, make sure you're okay, offer, you know, you want to hang out? I know you've been, you know, by yourself. Because the last thing I want to do is get that phone call saying so-and-so's body can be picked up here. Right. Get in contact with the first sergeant, get in contact with their family. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you need to be that annoyance for your friend, whether you're a civilian or military or whatever, be that annoyance. Check on them. Don't just say, oh, that's just him. Don't do that. The one the one thing, like, I don't know if this is advice or, or what you want to call it, but in my experience, um, the one thing I would caution people to do, though, is is not not try and fix the situation. Like, um, if hypothetically, yeah. if, you're, if you have a situation where you have a friend in trouble, right? Yeah. Don't try and be that person's doctor or therapist. Don't. Like, you're not qualified for that. And some people with completely good intentions mm-hmm. um, overstep their capabilities, we'll say. Yes. And that's even more dangerous. And that's Honestly, that's one of my handles. When I do run into that, Yeah. my job is to notice what's going on and then go, if you need help, here are the options that you have. Here are some of the things we can, we can do. You can reach out to the chaplain. You can reach out to mental health. You can reach out to a private sector mental health that is available to you through military one source. That's a plug. <laughs> Not really, but I'm just putting it out there as information and several things that we can do where I don't need to know your personal information beyond this. Mm-hmm. Your fight is your fight. Your struggle is your struggle. I'm here to help you get to that help. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can use as many capacities as you want in terms of like yeah. driving them to the meetings or like any. Like but as far as you're giving professional advice, unless yeah. you just happen to be, you know, a military psychiatrist exactly. who's, you know, certified. That's and the huge, the huge but thing. But they typically in. don't take work into their personal life, and right. they would not um, see a, a close friend as a professional to help them. It would be, they would refer them to someone else because they are emotionally attached to somebody that they call their friend yeah, or loved so one. I do want to, like, I actually want to tell this this story kind of in a, in a way to, because when I was younger, um, I've always suffered from like really bad anxiety, like extreme, like <clears throat> crippling anxiety. Um, and I rejected therapy for the longest time. I thought I, I said the line that a lot of people have. And this is why I want to tell my side, my story. So maybe someone out there listening like this, this they can identify with. Um, but I always rejected it because I said, why? Why would I trust somebody who's just getting paid with all of these issues that I'm dealing with? Right. That that's kind of like a a common like dig on therapy is that like, Oh, these people don't care. Right. They don't care. They're just getting, they're getting paid all this money. It's like the kind of the thing I like to step back. Cause when I started doing it what the thing that surprised me, that pleasantly surprised me about it. Um, and I think everyone can do this. Think of the people that go into therapy, right? <laughs> Most of them are like 
the nicest people you probably knew in high school. They're also some of the smartest people you probably knew in high school or college. Yeah. Like, and a lot of them are not going into it. They're not spending their time, their entire professional career learning, learning these things to help you. Like, so I, I, I completely get it, but I have been blown away by the amount of, of true care and concern I've received from, from therapists or, or social workers or anyone in that, in that field but i will i will say at the same time like there is a type of rapport you have to build it's kind of like any any type of relationship <clears throat> you need to there, there has to be a level of trust and and it has to be cross-functional with both both of you like you have to have that same feeling with the other person across the table so if you do go to therapy and it doesn't work out similar like you're dating like it's okay like there are more yeah you have to find a fit for it there, there are definitely you. more people out there but um i I am thankful every single day that I I like pushed aside my my, my preconceptions about it and, and actually did it because it, it it makes everything easier and and everything gets better the more you do it. Um, but it's not I mean there's no it's not magic or anything right like you go <coughs> and it's something you you have to put some effort in too like oh yeah you gotta you gotta <laughs> and you have to trust them and you have to listen to them because they're they're telling you really sound advice and there's, and there's stuff things that, that even when i went to talk to you know a therapist mm -hmm. essentially a psychologist things that are layered in your existence through the history that you've had on this planet that, mm -hmm. have, that have happened to you that you don't even realize you don't have any control over mold has molded you to bring you to this point where you feel like you're having an issue that which is the reason why you're sitting in front of them right that are like you're we're oblivious to until that light clicks like oh that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And now we can start to attack this and figure out how to function. Yeah. <laughs> like, but before that, you're like in the dark. And it's like somebody like literally coming in and like telling you, hope oh, there's a light. Yeah. There's a light switch over there. You, all you got to do is cut it on. And you're like, ah, whatever. That's not my issue. And then they guide you over there through the help. And you flick that light switch on. And you're like, holy crap. It's a lot easier to see in here. Right. <laughs> like, well, and then the other aspect of it, because I and I had I fell into this myself also, is you want to trust your friends more, right? Like, oh, my my friends are the ones who really care about me, right? They're the ones who are going to give me, but that's I mean, in a way that's even worse because they're going to be biased towards you. Yeah, they're not going to have the impartiality to be like, like hey, to, check your shit. Yeah, sometimes, well, in, in a, sometimes, in a, in a sense of the way, but they'll they'll be able to like see the whole picture and be like, well, from my perspective, this is how I see it. This is how you're seeing it, and and. If like you know, where is where is it that you want to be? Okay, here are all the tools to get there. True. Um, whereas your friends are going to more address it from a, like, how do I fix this immediate situation? And here's what like, here's what I see because I'm emotionally invested in this person. Right, and I also see it from that person's lens. Like, yes. so you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna be very agreeable. You're gonna say, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. But that might not, that might not be the best thing. For yeah, that, person. that may not be what they need to hear. Right. Exactly, and that's why going back to my point of don't try and be someone's therapist when when you don't have a that's, professional I think that's definitely sound advice yeah you don't have, <laughs> but that happens all the time um i mean that's why it's my staple like i like i said like whenever i run across a scenario like that i highly encourage like i actually use i highly encourage you be the, being the person i'm talking to no matter who it is to do x y and z to get to these resources and then the furthest that i'll go with it is Hey, you want to hear a story? I'll t I'm not ashamed. I'll tell you what I went through. 
how bad I thought it was, how I was feeling. And look at me now. I'm not in that dark place anymore. Yeah. It's like that's kind of like what something I've been thinking about a lot lately is the older you get. And this is going to sound kind of like a hypocritical statement, but like the best advice I give people is not to take advice like people's direct advice instead like learn their like hear their stories and and the best the best advice you get are from people that are aware of their mistakes and know like where they stumbled or, or did something wrong and they're like here's what I learned from that not here's what you should do in your situation with what you're going through but here's my story here's what I did and here's how I handled it and here's how it either worked or it didn't work and then take that and then assess, and assess that information and be like, okay, is that going to work for me? Nice. Like that's that's where it all like where it all kind of becomes a lot clearer when you kind of let your ego go. That's the that's the thing. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a big thing, though. Yeah, but it's, I mean, we can we can have a two hour conversation. Oh, about no that doubt, alone, no but, doubt. But it's it's funny. It's just the statement of of kind of like take my advice. The best advice is to not take advice. <laughs> <from> <laughs> no, but it's it's just you know. But I mean, that's I definitely I definitely appreciate your 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 response to that question. That was very very thoughtful, well thought out, and uh, it's a good point that I I didn't bring up before for the audience uh, at all. So I definitely I definitely appreciate that. And just to segue into a little less serious topic, uh, we talk about that forever. This is yeah, this is our last this is the last topic for this uh, episode of the Journey of Oz podcast. I got to go into the fact that you're making your first trip to Athens, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tomorrow. We're going to go to the uh, Texas A&M versus Georgia Bulldog game. Mm-hmm. We're sitting lower bowl. It's going to be great seats, actually. I'm excited to see that stadium. I've always wanted, you know, b- between the hedges. Um, I mean, I've just want, I've had, I've wanted to go to an SEC game for a while. Like, just I've, I've always loved, I mean, college football is my jam. Um, and I've been to most most of the Big Ten at this point. Um and I've been to the Rose Bowl, but yeah, I've wanted to. I've wanted to get down here and, and see a game. Just I mean, just all yeah. the differences, all the similarities, pageantry. I mean, it's every. If people out there aren't college football fans, I don't know what's what's going on. I'm definitely, I'm definitely happy to have you, even though you know here in South Carolina for the one day. But definitely, it's been it's been a cool day just to catch up, talk, physically be in the same room. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, but one thing I'm happy is that our friendship, even though we've had to, you know our own life struggles and going through the through, through the travel through mm-hmm. time or the journey if you must there you go um that we haven't fallen apart no yeah no it's we're definitely I mean, been it's pretty clear we're, we're we're lifelong friends at this point i mean like a lot of people misunderstand <laughs> to, to say it audibly at this point but a lot of people misunderstand that you know just because you're separated by thousands of miles and that you don't see each other every single day that your friendship doesn't mean any less than it did when you first met or when you were hanging out every day as long as you keep that in mind you don't get butt hurt people move on with lives you know and i've had some people i consider friends that just don't talk to anymore mm-hmm. it's just not because i hate them or anything it's just they don't they didn't they were a friend for the moment mm-hmm. that you were you know going through life so my big what i've been the big change i've been making um and this goes back to therapy this is what they they kind of teach you but they talk about cognitive distortion have you ever done that do they ever tell you about that whenever you've gone yes i believe so so it's That's essentially term. and i mentioned it earlier kind of this idea though like you it's not possible to read people's minds it's just not you can't you, you can't do that um so like but that's one of my cognitive distortions that i do though like i try and read people's minds um i'm a black and white thinker like all or nothing 
I like uh, catastrophize or, or jump to conclusions, all of that. <clears throat> so when it comes to friendship, though, like, like talk to people. That's that's essentially what I'm what I'm trying to say. If if you have a thought, if you're thinking about someone, or if you're thinking about what someone's thinking about you, just talk to them, and I think you'll be really surprised and pleasantly that most of the times it's not as negative as as we tend to as as humans just I think go make it out to be. I mean, like, and I'm not like on a on a, a schedule where I call you like every you know Sunday or something like right. that. We're not dating, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're not my like <laughs> like you know what I mean like. <laughs> It just happens to be one of those things where, like, if you if you pop into my mind, where I see, thank goodness for social media. I mean, you're not super heavy on there. I'm I'm obviously much more on mm-hmm. there now um, than I, I have ever been. Um, but just you know, send them a funny text or mm-hmm. a meme or article or something just to keep in contact. I think that helps a lot sometimes. Damn, Kyle. <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely something that um I've definitely appreciated and yeah man hopefully I, I can bring some equipment down and we can get one of these done with uh Lance as well oh that'd be so cool yeah Lance is a trip man that's a, that is the smartest person I think I've ever known without almost without question like the amount of information that that guy can ingest and retain is shocking I I'd like I will tell this to him in person but um. I was just telling a coworker because, like, my coworkers, I mean, don't know you guys really. Um, and I was telling kind of like stories about you. And, and one of the things with Lance, I brought up. I go, and he doesn't know this. I don't think I've ever told him this in person. But he always was the type of person when it comes to how, because you know this, how brilliant he is. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He like, he motivated me. Like he was the type of person that like I saw, and yeah. I was like, I want to be like that guy. Dude, I just remember like <clears throat> at that time, like. We were like in the thick of it, and then I pop smoke. I had to do what I had to do for my personal life, mm-hmm. just to change it up and get feel like I had a purpose mm-hmm. and move out of the rut that I was in. Mm-hmm. Not to say our friendship, our friendship was not a rut. It just happened to be like I was not in the best of scenarios at that's the time. A, I mean, that's a common thing with everybody at that age when you're in your early twenties. And I I tell this to my my young coworkers all the time how impressed I am. For like for some, because I did not have my shit together at that age, and I always tell them I was like, "You guys give me hope that there, are, <laughs> that there are that there are people that are your age, like because I who, who aren't mouth breathers, like, yeah, like who <laughs> are, who have their shit together and are doing such a good job." And I and I like to just, I mean, it's not like a it's like a not cherish it or anything, but I like to like help that along and be like, "You like this is something I don't want you to fall into the same without like getting involved." It was just kind of crazy, like how how the brain works, and what you guys were going through. And obviously, I was a tad older. You're just like a year. I think you're just a year older than me. He's he's a couple years older than us, though. Yeah, and just watching like how the dominoes fell. Like when I left, you're like, it was like, all right, it's time to get the fuck up out of here. Yep. Let's do what we got to do. And literally, like what, like two years later, you graduated. Yeah, done. And him too. Yeah, I graduated with him. So it was like we we did a lot. We motivated a lot, but we motivated each other quite a bit. But I, in terms of respect, though, like, like just from oh, yeah. from a, a level of intellect, he was always someone I was like, I want to like, I I like what what he's doing. Like, I like, I want to be more like that. He's a he's a like that's the, a good person. That's someone, and he's always been a really good like kind of motivating factor of someone I wanted to be be more like in terms of just from a, the level of intellect and how he carries himself. And um, I've always respected that about about him quite a bit. So yeah, he definitely I'll, definitely excited to to link up oh yeah because this i was i still have not figured out when was the last time the three of us were together because i've seen you a couple times i've seen him a few times we like had 
We got. I think we went to Ashley's. Like no, I was in Grand Rapids. Myself, you were you, there. Picks, and Chris, all sat down together maybe like four or five years ago, and we were sitting maybe like four years ago, just shy of four years. We were sitting. Um, where does Picks live? What's Chelsea. That? In Chelsea, in some small little Irish pub. And you were sitting there. All of us were sitting there together. Lance wasn't there. This was two years ago. I remember this. Lance this, didn't Lance show up to that? No. Lance or you know what? I did see him that. You might that have, trip. You might have still saw him, but that I remember because that was the Air Force game. Because uh, that was Air Force. That was a couple two years. Two years. That ago. was a couple years back. We didn't go to that pub. That would have been at. Because um, Liang was in town too. That would have been when we hung out at uh, Garber's. Right. This is before that. It was a I, while ago. I'm pretty certain it was the was first it year. Trip? It was the first year I was in Grand Rapids because I had come home, and I met up. I know they were Lance and Claire were in town, and you were in town. Happened to be, and we all were. At, we went to Ashley's because I that remember. Might have been it. I, I remember I left from Ashley's. What year? I want to say it was like 2015. Yeah, it was a while ago. And that would have been like a a couple hours together. Yeah, barely, maybe. So this is going to be fun. The time before that would have probably more than likely would have been just like probably hanging at Ashley's at some point. Like, hey, we're here. You want to come through? All right, mm-hmm. cool. Before he moved. And that was like mounting his move to uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. And so in the, the one time before that would have been us hanging out a picture of all of us outside of the place you stayed at on North Campus. Oh, Broadway yeah. for graduation, 2010. That would have been the last time we all really hung out together. Yeah, for like a significant amount of time instead of just like a, hey, how's it going type yeah. of thing. So that was yeah, like a weekend be, of just, you know. I'm pumped, man. Out. It's going to be, I'm super I'm super pumped to see him and the, for the three of us to be together for. It's been a minute. Kind of what we, I mean, that was what we used to do was hang out <laughs> and, like, and watch football. So Yeah. Simple things, but. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's I just good. hope it doesn't rain as much as it's forecasted to rain. It's going to. <laughs> but I just don't like, especially with how much we've spent on these tickets. I just hope it doesn't rain so much. We're like, all right, fuck this. I just don't want them to lose. Like, I, I just don't want to be, yeah, you know, it's not my fan base, but I know, I know what a miserable fan base looks like. So, well, that in a wet, miserable fan base will not yeah. be fun. Wet, angry. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just hope, let's hope. So. <laughs> and I've read a few are like, I don't know too much about Texas A&M, but I've heard that they're kind of, they're a dangerous team. So, yeah. I mean, Georgia's supposed to win. They should win. But I mean, we said this a couple weeks back. At home. <laughs> oh, God. Those filthy ground peckers. Anyway, <laughs> as my uh, boss calls them, filthy ground peckers. He's a huge Clemson fan, so ah. he's born yeah, and raised yeah, here. Not a big fan of them either. He calls them ground peckers. He refuses yeah. it, and he refuses to call them USC. He's like, that's a team in Southern California. Right. They're, they're Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. That team down south, that team up north, everybody's oh, yeah. got it. Oh yeah, it's definitely um definitely interesting. It's definitely been a pleasure um, having you here, agreeing to come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's been dope. This is my first podcast. I've I think been, I've been I saying I've been, I've been staring at you this whole time. I keep looking back at it. And I'm like, is this weird? I don't know. I don't know how to podcast. Oh no. Well, <laughs> this is a this is an element that I kind of brought because typically it'd be a stream, but I wanted good footage. Mm-hmm. Um, if no, if nothing, to at least use for like advertisement. Or, or something, even if I don't put this out, um, I'll at least have the audio cleaned up and put out. Yeah, this is cool. 
You got, he's, this is an awesome setup. I mean, it is what it is. It's modest. It's pretty modest. Yeah, well, the, the systems, though, are just nuts. Like, this is, this is quite the setup. Quite, as one of my coworkers would say, this is quite the production. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do what, I do what I can, I can within my tax bracket. Uh. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, Save that for the next episode. Oh, right. <laughs> I do what I can in this economic struggle. Oh. <laughs> no, um, but yes, definitely, for those of you who are new to the podcast, you can check me out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Look me up. It's The Journey of Oz Podcast. Also, you can check me out on Instagram at the underscore journey underscore of underscore Oz. I'll be there. And then I also have a lesser traveled path that you can check me out on, which is my Facebook account, The Journey of Oz Podcast. Check me out on there. But I'm uh, definitely more active on Instagram. Check me out on iTunes. Check me out on SoundCloud as well. And then the new development, you'll be able to find the footage if I choose to actually clean it up, put it out in a couple days. You can find me on my YouTube page. The Journey of Oz. Check me out on there. Um, in the future, once I you know get a little bit more technically sound and some more equipment, I'll be doing uh, some better live streams. Even though I I, sh- I probably shouldn't, so I can go back and edit. But would you would you say your your life is dope because you do dope shit? I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and maybe later this year I'll let out a gospel album. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> All right, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Great. Cue for the people. What's up? We out. It's been good. Behave. Have a great, safe, peaceful weekend. Don't forget about your battle buddy or your friends. Take care of them. Behave. Go blue. That's right. Go blue. Go dogs. Get it done. All right, people. We out.